Yo, what's happening, people? Welcome back. Welcome back <laughs> to the Tiki Taka podcast, uh, where you're going to hear hot takes, unbiased opinions, and hopefully have a couple laughs along the way. And yes. Arsenal got it done. We got it done. We really started straight from the top. We're going we're to be going straight into that. And before we go into that, I just got to say, Michael, as you can see, with the names up on the wall. We've gone with an all-Arsenal starting five. It's all-Arsenal. It's going to be an Arsenal-dominant show. But what do they all have in common? (laughs) What do they all have in common? They've all scored goals against Liverpool. And that's exactly what Arsenal did this weekend. They scored three of them. Uh, And look, big, big weekend for Arsenal. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about Arsenal today. So if you don't want to hear us, Talk about how brilliant we were on the weekend. Let's skip, skip along. There's footmark. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah foot they're, they're in the comments there. Just go down, look, click on your team. I can guarantee you the Chelsea stuff will be good. So tune in <laughs> for that. But if you are here to watch Arsenal, because I'm not going to lie, Michael, the, the the content that's been out there post this game hasn't really hasn't really done it for me. Yeah, you don't think? No, nah, I've I actually think. been enjoying quite a lot of it. Yeah, but I think there's there's certain things that I haven't think have been spoken about, okay. which okay. we'll hopefully touch on today. Okay. Um, so if you are feeling the same way as me, then hopefully this podcast will give you that. But let's get straight into it. Big title tussle, Titanic tussle on the weekend. Liverpool came to the Emirates. And the first thing I want to say on this game, um, obviously I was there at the stadium and the atmosphere was on. Yeah, I was going to ask you straight off. Yeah. So credit to the Arsenal fans. That's the first thing I want to say, because I think a lot of what happened in that game, like coming away from the game, I saw quite a lot of people saying that Canate shouldn't have been sent off. In that atmosphere, there's no way the ref wasn't. The first one, everyone was on him screaming, booking, booking. Don't you think that is ironic? Because I think Liverpool got some calls in the Chelsea game at home Yeah, because the ref was yeah. afraid. Yeah to go against that Anfield crowd just after the news about Klopp, all of this kind of stuff, first game back at home. 100%. Like 100%. that Conor Gallagher. If, if Canate makes those two exact fouls at Anfield. Yeah, he's, he's, he's blessed. Is he on the pitch? Yeah, I think he stays on. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, I, and I, shout out to Arsenal fans that were there in the stadium that day. Did you, that uh, definitely played a part. Did you get chills when they sung the, the London, London is forever? Yeah, 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 yeah. Stand. At the end of the game, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that, but, yeah, man, it was just it was electric, That's electric, dope. and the, and the team responded, man, with the performance that the team put in. They were there, they they were there as well, and I can see why Arteta's going mental on the touchline. I can see why Arteta's going mental um, on the touchline because that's a, it was a massive game, massive game, and we'll get I, into the game. Um, I was uh, hugely nervous. I w- I must admit, yeah, on the on the like the day of the game, like when I woke up and I was looking at the tables, looking at my points, looking at my FPL scores, all of this kind of stuff. I was like, I was like, this is way too early in the season for us to be out of title talks. Yeah, and I'm not even saying that we have a divine right to win the league and all of this kind of stuff, but us as a club for the money we've invested for the work Arteta's done, we deserve to be in and amongst it until the end, rather than like on the outside of the glass looking in yeah. on the Klopp and Pep thing. Yeah, yeah. So it was huge, 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 yeah. and it was it was it was even bigger pause because. It was a must win. It wasn't even a must not lose. Yeah. It was a must win. For, must for, win. for me, I was looking at it. I, I was more confident on the game than you were. Yeah, I, definitely. I, I did think, because even when we... And 
disclaimer, me and Michael are going to enjoy this. And we're going to enjoy this because we sat here after the Fulham game. And we <laughs> said, the gap's five points. Everyone calm down. Yeah. Liverpool have to come to the Emirates. Everyone was in meltdown. And we are, look, we are back in the tight race. But yeah, I thought, because the thing is, the Emirates is a very tough place to come. It has been, though. Like, in the league, the only team that beat us was West Ham. Yeah, and, yeah. And that was a game that nine times out of ten we beat them. Yeah. We didn't take our chances that day. So I knew I knew it was going to be tough for them. Um, but the way we played, the way we stepped up from the from the get-go um, was, was just brilliant. Arteta got everything spot on. And I think Arteta is probably the next thing we should talk about. I was going to say... We'll get on to now. We'll get on to Arteta. Yeah, I, as you like put, I was a little less optimistic. I thought we would actually come out with a draw. Yeah, but I knew it was a must win. Yeah. So I was going with the mentality of this is a must win game. But I thought some some bullshit is gonna happen. Yeah, Liverpool are somehow gonna get away with something. Because the thing about Liverpool, I find is, um, we were I knew it was gonna be playing the better football, but it's just they have these Diazes, they have these Jotters, they have these Nunezes. Yeah, yeah. Who you can always see having one chance and burying it. Exactly, exactly. And um they and it live... doesn't even have to be a chance that's created exactly. or made. It's exactly. just like, like, a sc- Something could happen on the half turn on the whatever. That's basically how they scored. And um I always, always feared that. And then we'll be in a situation where do we have the mentality mm. um to pick it up? And I I feared we would not get the first goal. That was what that was my biggest fear. Yeah. Is that Liverpool would get the first goal in this game and then we would have to not only close them out like equalise yeah. and then go ahead. Yeah. Whilst they're only gaining in confidence and playing on the counter-attack and all of this kind of stuff. So how did you feel when you saw the starting eleven? Was you Yeah, I, I was pretty happy. That's that's the if we said before the game um that if Jesus is fit, he needs to have a massive game. Yeah. Up against yeah, we did. Canate and Van Dyke. Um and then obviously, Jay, so if I had known Jesus wasn't fit, I would have picked Havertz to play up there. I would have put Jorginho in. Um, and that's, that comes to Arteta's credit. Yeah, man. yeah. Because those are the decisions Arteta made. But I think on the game, I just think that other than obviously the chance that Arsenal gave Liverpool to score, and that was the only time when I did get a bit worried because that five, ten minute spell in the second half was... It felt like Liverpool were coming into the game now. Trent yeah. was getting more of the ball. He was picking his passes and whatever. Um, and I, I, that's when I was worried. Do we have the mentality to come back from this? But then to do what we did, credit to the credit I, to the team. I, yeah, it, it was such a gut punch. I thought, to be fair, um, so as I said, yeah, I quietly thought that we was going to get a draw at this game. But the foot, the way we came out, the way we've played in those first 14, 15 minutes, I was like, yo, whoa. Like, this is the full picture. Yeah. This is everything yeah. that... Arteta's been trying to do with the build-up from the back, with the man-to-man pressing, with... Um, and we have a lot of guys in there who can who can run. Like Martinelli, Havertz, Odegaard. Um, these are guys that, that they proper don't let you rest on the ball. They yeah. proper don't. And when they're closing, they're closing in threes. Declan yeah, Rice, 100%. you know. Um, so I thought when once I saw that Sobosla was going to be out and I saw the midfield and just the height, literally the height of midfield, apart from grabbing Butch, who's pretty tall, but... Yeah. <laughs> He's a bit of a scrub, Liverpool fans. He's a bit <laughs> yeah, of a scrub. Yeah. yeah. But I thought, yo, we could honestly get at them. And I yeah, loved yeah, the inclusion yeah. of Jorginho, man. And even, even Rice and Jorginho said after the game that Mikel was telling them yesterday about how important the midfield battle was going to be. Yeah. Um, and it was because I think that was going to determine the game. But, but, bro, I honestly, we we honestly did to Liverpool what Liverpool used to do to, do to us, us when we went to Anfield. Yeah. 
the only difference is that we don't we don't have the clinical oh, exactly. I was to gonna make say scoreline as big as it should have like, been. With Mane, Salah, Firmino this... was always on point in that fixture. But in terms of the ho- the whole game, the way it played out, that's what we, we they used to do to us. It can't be understated, yeah, how good this Liverpool team was coming into the. They were slapping up teams four five. They've lost one game in the league. Yeah, what literally what their last couple of score lines? They slapped yeah. up Chelsea by yeah. four goals. Bournemouth by four. They, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, they played Sheffield United recently. They whacked them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so this was a Liverpool team that was putting people to bed, that hadn't lost, as you said, in however many games. Um, and hadn't truly been beaten by anybody. And even I, still... I think there's a stat Liverpool lost one Premier League game. They lost 32. Something. You, you know how crazy that is? Yeah. Yeah. And um, and and you say to give Mikel his credits, just even coming into these games, uh, even though I was still pretty fearful that I was going to lose, I didn't think it was ever going to be slapped up by them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, Arsenal have shown so much progress in the last couple of years. And this isn't... This is 100% one of those games that the older Arsenal would not have won. Yeah. We would yeah. have bottled it. Where it's time for Arsenal. To when everybody's waiting for us to fail, yeah. we used to fail. Like, it, it, it's a moment where we need to do this now. Yeah. And Real. Yeah. To close the gap to and two we points. we actually do it. How many, <laughs> are we actually done it? Yeah. How many old Arsenal teams would have bottled it? If we've seen. How yeah. many, like, you know, Giroud missing yeah. all these chances. All of these guys, you know, were hanging on refereeing decisions. Yeah. We're hanging on, yeah. like, a penalty not given. An offside that was, wasn't offside. Yeah. All of this kind of stuff that we have to hang on to. And the way we, we did didn't it, get it done. The way we did it is almost a bit, like, because the FA Cup game, I, I said on this pod afterwards, I was like, if we were going to lose that game, that's exactly how we were going to lose yeah. that game. By being the better team, creating loads of chances, not taking them, and Liverpool with their killers. And credit to Arteta, because Arteta looked at the FA Cup game and looked at this game and said, you know what, we'll do exactly the same as what we did in that cup game. And this time, we'll just take our chances and we'll boss you. And yeah, and and as I was saying to you, I think the huge credit I give to Arteta, above the year-on-year progress, getting more competitive, instead of losing 5-0, we're now winning 3-1. And yeah. year-on-year, we've just become more competitive in these big six, top six games. People haven't beaten us in the league. For, for two, two years. years. That's crazy. And that doesn't sound like a lot, and it's probably not. But for Arsenal fans, But for fans, Arsenal fans, know, you know. We what? used to get slapped up. Yeah, yeah. We used to hold... We, we knew when you would circle Liverpool that one of these from... Like, how many times did we make Firmino yeah. look like a Bobby Dazzler? Yeah. yeah. Mane yeah. was coming and curling them in from yeah. God knows where. Salah would always get his. Yeah. yeah. You know, so um, above that from Arteta... I think he, him as a coach, this team is getting better. Saliba, Gabriel, all these young guys are getting better. Him as a manager, he's getting better. Yeah. And he's realising who to play in these matches and who not to play. Yeah. As I said, we played a double fixture with Nottingham Forest earlier in the week. He gave Smith-Rowe minutes, which I loved. And it was good to see Smith-Rowe. Yeah. And I thought he, was, he, played, he, played, well, he yeah. played well in that game. But he knew today was a Jorginho game. Jorginho didn't play midweek. You know, and he knew that today is a Jorginho game. And this yeah. is where I need him to start. 100%. Um, so he's getting better at these decisions in the crunch time that are making us win trophies. And it's always players in fine margins, but also it's down to managers. Yeah. And them putting, you know, players in right situations to succeed and do well. And giving Declan Rice a nice partner, but still keeping him at the base of midfield. Yeah. All of these kind of small decisions. Still deci- keep him close to Jorginho. Exactly. Right? All of these kind of small decisions that, inevitably benefited us. I think Mikel deserves huge credit for that because uh, he's doing it, as yeah. you said. He's done it. And, and There's no excuses he, he, like, from us today. Actually, he's actually just kind of arrived at, at that the table. table. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. We, we need let, to chill. Let me, we let need me, to chill. Let me, let me quantify this, yeah. Not in terms of trophies or anything. I'm not putting him there because Klopp's won 
Premier League Champions League. But in terms of just the com- in terms of a competition and competing, like Arsenal winning that game on the weekend showed that it ho- hopefully as long as the team should do what they need to do post this, which is obviously important, West Ham's another massive game, but it will show that Arteta's there competing with Pep and Klopp for his, the whole way. And do you know what I think puts um, sort of credence to what you've just said is how Klopp was post-match. Because yeah. um, Klopp was, he was bitching, he was moaning about the referees and you know, he was hanging on the decisions about yeah. oh, the referee and this and that. Just being a bit, and I know Klopp to be a bit of a sore loser. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially when he's truly been beaten and he doesn't really have the words for it. He comes up and he starts bitching and moaning about other shit. And um, if your cop had come out and said, you know, oh, you know, huge credit, that you know, oh, oh this is Arsenal, yeah, huge credit yeah, to Mikel. Yeah, yeah. When they start giving you compliments, they, you it's know, it's like, thing. yeah, it's a little bro yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But Klopp was genuinely irked by this. He yeah. had a system, he had a schematic yeah. that didn't work. He made three early subs. Early, after the second half, that didn't improve their side. Yep. Um, Bro, Van Dijk's doing an interview saying, we know how tough it is to come to the Emirates. So I'm saying, all of these little things yeah. that let you know that uh, Klopp and the and Pep and these guys acknowledge that Arteta is like... Yeah. yeah. He, he can put an 11 together that can, <laughs> that's going to go toe-to-toe with exactly, us. Exactly, exactly. And in that game, it was just complete domination from Arsenal other than obviously gifting Liverpool the goal. Which we need to stop doing. Yeah, we do need to stop doing that. But I think, like, we had this conversation off air, but a lot of people last season would have told you that the Zerbi, Eddie Howe, Eric Ten Hag, Mauricio Pochettino are all better managers than Mikel Arteta. Even with Mikel Arteta doing what he was doing, a lot of rival fans, maybe people who aren't Arsenal fans, would have told you that those guys are better managers than Mikel Arteta. And those, all four of those managers, you could say or argue, are underperforming right now. Yeah. And Mikel Arteta is actually getting it done. He's actually doing what he's supposed to be doing. Look, I think a lot of that is... is and his remit's harder than all the others. But a lot of that is... I think, and now at this point, it's, it's just, hey, a lot, a lot... Look, there's no... You can't tell me that Chelsea wouldn't take Mikel Arteta. You can't tell me that, you know, even Brian, for example... Um, a lot of it is just, hey, like he's proving them wrong. The yeah. only thing Arteta has to do is is bring, bring big trophies. Yeah. Because yeah. we also, as Arsenal fans, talk big game about him because we've seen how far he's taken us in such a short amount of time. But we need to like solidify it. So, yeah. like, because it because the reality of it all is that if, if Arteta doesn't win a big trophy, his tenure will look be looked back on similarly to Pochettino at Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that was the thing that I, I always used to level at Pochettino. Was he, yeah, he's built a great team. But when's he ever gonna actually get it done? Yeah. Um. But I. But I think Arteta still got time to show that. No, hundred percent. And we still got pieces I don't that ex- we know. I, st- I still don't expect us to win the league after this result. Neither do I. And obviously, we'll get more back into the game because I realize we've gone big picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. Just uh, we we still have a couple of pieces that we know we were missing a striker. Yeah. You know, another midfielder. Um. So when we get that final form, and then Mikel Arteta can actually have a real run at yeah. City or whoever we'd else it would be. Hopefully players fit and stuff. And yeah. stuff. We'll see. But on the game... Yeah, I think... Let's go, let's go into some of the players. Yeah, right? yeah. And honestly, I'm not going to lie, we could talk about every single one of them. Who do you want to... But... Who, who I've, names? I've picked, I've picked quite a few, but i okay. picked some names. Okay. And I want to talk about them in this order. Okay. Because when I was saying earlier that maybe the content hasn't been giving what I needed it to give... Mm. I haven't seen one podcast talk glowingly about this guy. I know who you're going to start with, okay. 
Who am I starting with? Ben White. Kai Havertz. <laughs> Kai Havertz, I think, needs his praise. He um, does. I think a lot of people will look at the game and say he should have scored that chance. Yeah. And a couple of other things he did in the game. And he should score that chance. But I I don't think you, you are a pure football lover if you can't put that stuff to the side and just enjoy what Kai Havertz gave Arsenal on, on that game. I um I one I agree with you that he deserves his praise and he deserves his credit and um again that like, I sort of touched on it off off air. I think I'm in the camp firmly. Okay, well I'm in the camp of I see the picture, the bigger yeah. picture with Kai Havertz. I see why Mikel Arteta brought him to the club. There's a lot of Arsenal fans, and I was telling you that I think two Arsenal fans or two Arsenal players in particular, like Raya and Havertz are just not fan favourites yeah. and they're just always going to yeah. get unjust criticism for the fact that they're not fan favourites and they're going to get scrutinised even more for the fact that they're not fan favourites they came from Chelsea or they came from yeah, Brentford yeah. these other clubs and the wages, it, the way, you know how it's come in Kai Havertz probably shouldn't be Arsenal's top earner if he is allegedly and he shouldn't have cost 65 mil those two things I think are true yes however I completely understand from Mikel's point of view why he's brought him in because of a performance like yesterday yeah. where um, Mikel Arteta needs a guy. You can see from our first goal, Kai Havertz is the one who plays it to Gabriel yeah. from deep, builds it from deep as a midfielder would. Yeah. Then makes the run again from the ball from Odegaard. As you say, he should finish it, but the motion altogether. And I think Kai Havertz deserves that bit of luck. It does. And for, he was a for the way he's game. been playing and for how unlucky he's been a lot of the time, like even against Man United when he made the mistake for the first goal and then the penalty got given and then they got yeah. overturned. I, th- I think Kai Havertz deserves that bit of luck in that game. So my, my point about Havertz is that he, Mikel has brought him to be a good squad player. He might not be in Arsenal's starting eleven if all fully fit. Yeah. If all our players were fully fit, yeah. But what Kai Havertz was brought to do was to up the level of the squad because last year when we had injuries and players injured, we didn't have a Havertz option. Eddie yeah. was playing these games yeah. and yeah, we're not yeah, getting yeah. that performance Whatever you thought about Havertz's performance yesterday, we're not getting that from Eddie no. versus Kunate no. and versus VVD. That's that's a big thing, and I want to talk on that. The, so the, he ups the level of the squad. Yeah, the monstrous task of going yeah. up against Kunate and Van Dyke. Like as a striker, you're thinking, well, where where am I going to get my joy? That's what I'm saying. I can't peel onto him. I can't peel onto him. <laughs> I can't go at him one beat one. I can't beat him in the air. Six four six five man mountains. Um. And that's why I said to you before the game, Jesus needs to be at his best. At his best. And if there's no Jesus... And can he's his credit for even challenging aerial duels. Yeah, yeah. I know you say... oh, you're like, Just bumping into them, making it... But Eddie's not doing that. Like, this is Konati and VVD. Yeah. Uh, both over 6'3", man mountains. And Kai went up for every header with Kai, them Kai, 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 And we were going direct. Yeah. We were playing long balls. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and he probably, he probably lost most of his aerial duels and whatever, because obviously he's competing with, with those guys. But... He Kai went out there with the mentality of I'm not gonna make it. It was so selfless. Yeah, I'm not gonna make it easy. It was so. They might win those headers. They might do that. And he got Konate booked both times. Yeah. Um. And the first one's brilliant. The way he holds him up and then gets dragged down. And I think as an outlet as well, like you say, we were using the option to go long. Yeah. (laughs) What Kai Havertz gave us yesterday was invaluable. And he was slipping in the side of that um Konate Trent channel as well with Martinelli. The amount of times that Kai was pointing and getting the ball in behind. Even in the second half, yeah, um, right at the beginning after Liverpool were dominating us, and Martinelli, I'm sorry, Martinelli, Martin Odegaard has that shot that's deflected that goes out for a corner. Yeah. It's Kai Havertz who slips in, who yeah. Jorginho plays in. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like the first time anybody showed 
for the ball in a channel. Um, so I say that to say that I see why Mikel trusts Kai Havertz because tactically, and especially with your counter-pressing stuff, yeah, the defensive shift. The defensive shift and can you imagine Odegaard goes and then he turns around and Eddie's... And Eddie's languishing. Eddie, the shift Kai Havertz... Eating donuts. Eddie, Eddie, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie's not giving Arsenal that sort of shift, man. Uh, so 100%, I, I understand. And Mikel has a certain type of footballer. And if you're an Arsenal fan, you can see it. It's these like intelligent... I can play three or four positions. I can see the, I see the game. I know when to counter press. I know how to like I turn players onto their weaker foot, and I close down the angles. And yeah. you know that's Mikel's guys. Those yeah. are Mikel's guys. Those are Pep's guys. To be fair, but those are Mikel's guys. So it's easy, it's the same reason why he's gone for Jorginho. Super smart, super high IQ. Yeah. Um, and yes, he is still a squad player. And as I said, sixty-five million for a squad player is not. But fundamentally he does his job in terms of raising the level and this is no disrespect to Eddie as well it's not that Eddie's a bad player it's just that he's not going to do that job versus yeah, Konate yeah, precisely, precisely. and VVD so yeah shout out to Kai Havertz because it was very selfless from him yep. for the 90 minutes and as he hasn't scored I don't think he'll ever be a 15 and 15 yeah, goal a season guy yeah. but if you're selfless enough you'll have some good opportunities, man. And I like, think... Yeah, like, I never expected Kai Havertz to really put that one away. Yeah, yeah. It through. was on his wrong foot and the angle was just not... Yeah, and on another day, if he misses that and Liverpool score or whatever and go 1-0 up. But what Kai Havertz offered Arsenal murdered. on that day, he deserved to be on the winning team. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the one thing I knew about Kai Havertz as well when I saw him in the starting lineup, and I've said this before, is that... If if there's one man, and I think Mikel did this well with putting Jorginho in there as well. It's like if there's if there's players out out there that you don't want the occasion to get to, you just want those players to go to out them. there yeah, and yeah, just yeah. play the game that they play every week. Kai Havertz play obviously he's more up for it because it's a big game and whatever. But Kai Havertz plays the game he plays, whether it's Bournemouth at home, yeah, that's true, home, and he's a bit of a like, villain, yeah. And if yeah. the card is on his back, it can spur him on a little bit, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the because of that, and because because sometimes even Martin Odegaard, and so, you can see him sometimes rush things and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Kai Havertz just has that kind of like almost laxness in his play that it's just like he's just going to play. It, it won't get to him. And Jorginho had that as well, and that's why we would be able to play through Liverpool. But moving it on to the next player, who made a massive difference in the game, he's on the desk. He's got his own <laughs> He has the impact in the biggest games, and if he only scores yes. ten goals then we know that two of them have been winners against title rivals. Uh, Gabriel Martinelli. My man. My and, dog. My and dog the, and Nelly. The first thing I have to say about this guy, in the first 10 minutes, he set the tone for the rest of the game. And he <laughs> gets that ball from Raya and he runs Canate the length of the pitch. And you see him out sprint Canate, out gas Canate, put a brilliant ball in. Yeah, that Saka that, has yeah, to score. One that Saka should score from. And my God, if that had gone in, the, the roof in the Emirates would have come off. The way Martinelli picked that ball up and ran, instantly tone set for the game. Do you know what that showed me? I was speaking about it with you a bit before, but like, um, Kunate has been having a decent battle with Martinelli for the other two games. Mm. And it was just like, Martinelli, as you say, set the tone. Martinelli came out and said, yo, today, yeah. I'm moving to you different. <laughs> like, I'll... I know it's been 50 50, it's been nip and tuck. Yeah, for first 10 minutes. All these other, yeah, but. I'm not going to work my way into In my game. own patch. Yeah, the first I'm taking, opportunity. I'm I taking have. the long way around you as well. And I'm just going to, that that second touch, the first touch Marnelli has in his locker of just like out and out pace, I'm going to get girls like 20, 30 yards off the pitch. Yeah. But 
there's a lot of times you see him cut back, look for where Zinchenko yeah, yeah, is yeah, or, yeah. you know, whoever. <laughs> that second touch and the, the afterburners just to go like double outside him and then to still put a good ball in the box. But Canate never sees that. Because when, when a winger gets in that situation with Canate... Canate's at full pace. He's at full tilt. They don't take him on. Mm. They, they they slow it down. They maybe come inside, try and pay a pass. Canate hasn't seen a guy just go, yeah, let's run. Yeah. And um, it's, 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 it's foolish from Trent, it must be said. Because yeah. Trent's with him and well, he's Trent, touching Trent, him. Trent, the way Trent defended, and I know people <laughs> might say he's half fit or you know, only play, only can play 16 minutes, whatever, yeah. The way Trent defended in that game was pathetic, yeah. man. Martinelli looked at Trent and said, I'm going to take you for a dickhead today. Trent was with him for that exact burst. Trent was with him at the edge of the box from the corner, wherever it was. And like, Martinelli turns to run and Trent sees it. And he's yeah, he, and he, he, and he, yeah. he just sees Canate and he's like, yeah, can't. Yeah, he just tells himself, now. Nah, yeah. oh yeah, Canate's got it, yeah. He tries to grab Martinelli. Yeah, so I'm saying, he tries to touch yeah. him. <laughs> he's like, I'm not running back for this. So what I'll say about Martinelli is, I said it on the pod last week or whenever it was that I expect him to get 10 goals or I think he'll get 10 goals between then and the end of the season when he scored two against Crystal Palace. And he's got another one already, so that's three goals. So yeah. another seven to get in however many games. But what I really want to give him early credit for is he's such a big goal getter for us. Talk about beating my city at home. You got the photo. Yeah. Um, that's one of the biggest results we've had in the last couple of years. Yeah. And same thing with this. Yeah, so, and it's him again. Yeah, both times. Both times. Even when we played Liverpool last year, he, you know, he scored goals, he scored goals not, against not Chelsea. With the dagger, yeah. Not with the winning goal. Yeah, so I, he is the kind of guy where if he's on song for us, man, he's going to get the big one. Yeah. If if the games are tense and it's tight and you're wondering who's going to be the difference, you're not surprised now yeah. if it's, it's Martinelli. Yeah. And he's the guy I think can most be like Alexis Sanchez. Um, if there's anything like Regents, yeah. We've come in on this pod. We did top 10, um, or what well, we spoke about in terms of top 10 worst transfers from Man United, but how Sanchez used to be the guy that would yeah. not let us lose. Yeah. Monelli's kind of turning into that guy already. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of. And if we. Especially if, against these big teams. If, if we were going to score in a big game, you knew it was going to be Alexis. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise we were. Otherwise, we were. Well, he has to get the party started yeah. for other but, guys to but, get the confidence. And. I've got him on this list anyway, but we'll talk about him now because Saka, even though a lot, maybe people saying his overall performance and whatever for maybe the majority of the season hasn't been where it was last season. I have nothing but respect if he's just going to become a numbers a guy. Goal, the numbers guy. Well, every team needs a numbers exactly, guy. Exactly, exactly. And I, on this conversation, I did always think it'd be Martin. Martin Lely. But, and that's not to play Saka's playing bad or yeah, like yeah. he's still he's not stinking. He's he, like whenever the ball gets to Saka, there's no an expectation like something's gonna happen. And there's now. another man busting a gut to double yeah, team. Exactly, exactly. But picking up the numbers he's picking up, goal winning goal against Forest and in midweek, scored against Liverpool today. Like in this whole period, he scored against Fulham. Yeah. He's, he's been picking up the goals. I think he has what I think it was like twenty four goals or something. Goal, yeah. goal contributions yeah. in thirty games or whatever it's been. Um, or maybe it's twenty twenty four, but I think he's yeah. I, th- I think he he himself, to be honest, I didn't actually see this from him. Yeah. Like I thought yeah, last yeah. year, like he was playing unbelievable football majority of the game. I think we ever. both always used to think that that transition would be Martinelli. Yeah, literally, because yeah. last year Saka was Saka was the guy twisting guys up a lot of the time, dragging them left and right, mm. um, using both feet, 
to finish, get, you know, um, a lot of the times maybe he would be the one who would break the lines, beat three guys, and then two passes later, somebody else, Martinelli scores. Yeah. So I didn't really see this transition to Saka just like strolling into games and walking out with an assist and yeah, a goal, yeah. regardless of how he's Big playing. Games. Yeah, like I, I genuinely did not see the transition from him. Um, but I'm, I welcome it. Yeah, with open yeah. arms. I nothing but respect. With for two it. arms, I, I've got a lot of love for it. And I do think, to be fair, that his goal is kind of not slept on, but the first time touch, touch. Saka does that so so often. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, he scored yeah. a goal versus. Right. Um, was it? Yeah, it was Brighton. When the ball comes. Yeah, out. yeah, it was Brighton last year. Uh, like his first time touch always sets him up, especially yeah. when he when he doesn't have to think about it and it just comes at him. Yeah. His first time touch always sets him up and to then put he it lifts away because Canate sliding in on the goal line. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, and and that for biggest game of the season. First 15 minutes, put Arsenal one. And it up. says a lot about the both of them. Look, that. Gabriel Martinelli are like 20, 20, 21, 22 years yeah, old. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Gabriel Martinelli. Gabriel and Saka are like 21, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 22 years old. So these are our goal getters versus the big, versus clubs, Liverpool. Yeah. Undefeated, unbeatable, one loss all season, top dogs, top of the table, Liverpool. Like these guys are 22 years old. Yeah, yeah. So. And they're getting it done. Um, and one guy that we already spoke about a bit, especially with Mikel Arteta bringing him in. Well, he did get man of the match from Sky, Jorginho. Yeah. I saw you and Nick say J5. Yeah, I saw you and Nick say on the chat before the game, J5 masterclass needed. 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 And it was a big call because Jorginho, Jorginho is a guy who is uh, it's a strange one because you, you can't really say, oh, Jorginho gets robbed because he does that so well. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he's getting robbed, but when he does get robbed, it doesn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> And but he's fully made up for the Tottenham game. For the now. Tottenham game, I, I was gonna I say. I was gonna say. Now, I, I was angry after. I was gonna say Tottenham the same game. point. Um, but because yeah, that performance, and I had the conversation with my, with, uh, with my brother after the game, and he was saying, obviously Liverpool wanted to come and press. That's what Liverpool do. Mm. They come, they press high. They they commit so many men forward, and they just leave Canate and Van Dijk and to do the man goals, and yeah. it goes wide areas. Just do your job one beat one, right? But and they fully commit to that but and that's where a lot of teams get unstuck because a lot of teams then don't Can't have the bravery to play through and then you start going long and Van exactly. and that clean that up and they have it all their own way and for him to put Jorginho in there and Jorginho to know exactly when to play when not to play what passes to play he completely controlled that game I think uh, there's a lot of great Jorginho attributes um, but I think some of the ones I've come to love or one, the baiting of fouls. I, you know, I used to hate Jorginho for that. Yeah. At Chelsea. Yeah. The time wasting. When he went down with cramp. Oh, man. At 2-1. We needed that. We needed that. Just, just you know what I love? Tempo. I love Jorginho from a corner, for example, uh, a, a defensive corner. There'll be a bit of a kerfuffle or a scuffle in the box and he'll go down with like an, an obnoxious, obnoxious, an ob- whatever that word is, head yeah, injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when it's like, uh, there's a bit of a, a bit of a rough and tumble. He goes down with a head injury. Ref has to stop play. Yeah, yeah. And another thing I love about Jorginho is um, the baiting of the press. Yeah. Like he, him and Saliba are the are two best baiters of pressing. Mm-hmm. When it's like they dilly dally on the ball. I thought Ben White's in there as well. <laughs> yeah, Ben White. Yeah, ben White loves to just bring the guy. <laughs> they dilly dally on the ball. Jorginho will play like. The, the most pointless five-yard pass to yeah. Saliba. Yeah. We'll play another five-yard pass back. And then as soon as somebody bites, boom, Jorginho turns around the corner to Zinchenko, 
Yeah. Zinchenko plays it out That's literally Martinelli. the first goal. I didn't realize at the time how brilliant that move for the first goal is. Yeah. But Jorginho's come in. Gabriel's played it into Jorginho. Jorginho's <laughs> given it to Havertz. Havertz plays it back to Gabriel. Gabriel plays it out to Zinchenko and we're through. And you're through. Comes into Odegaard and then. And, and that's habits again, linking up in the build-up and then being there on yeah. the other end. But yeah, but I, Jorginho was sp- flawless. Flawless. And, and to be fair, he is a guy who we've brought to be the guy in the bigger games and the bigger moments. And he is rising to them. And he isn't putting a foot wrong. Yeah. And um, a lot of fans are, are talking about whether he should or should not be extended contract-wise. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you this. Yeah. I, I think so. I think... Where I stand with it now well, is... What if he wants a three-year deal? No. Jorginho is getting a one-year deal. One-year deal. At best. Because yeah. I, I truly think that Arsenal in the, in the summer need to go and sign um, a brilliant, progressive, ball-playing midfielder. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that is one of the holes in the team. Put somebody in there. With, it's like, yeah, that, put somebody in there with Declan Rice who can put the ball naturally in between the lines, punch the holes for Odegaard, yeah. and then we're really cooking. And hopefully he can be tidy and athletic. And, and get rid of Thomas Partey in the summer. I, yeah, it's kind of looking like if Thomas Partey. Oh, uh, Thomas Partey, I'm kind of done with Thomas Partey now. It's tough. I, I still love. It's tough because player, it's but... February and we still have no idea when he's coming back. Yeah, and he, and as I said, I, I can't do this again next season. I still have faith in them though. Every, I, I will every say, week I'm like Thomas back in training. Thomas back. No, I will training. say I still have faith in him because, I, as I said, I won't ever forget the first six months of last year. Yeah, but but bro, if he does this again next season, the, the, the thing about Thomas Partey is next season he's he's really moved and himself. You can't tell me. Ah, this won't happen to him next season. No, Thomas Partey has moved himself already into the El Nene role. If 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 Thomas is to stay next year, <laughs> it's on a moral none. Yeah, it's, yeah, but, it's, but it's I, on I, 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 I genuinely think we can't have Thomas Partey on the El Nene. We can't. We can't sell him for forty million, get the money, recoup some of the money. If if there's a barrel, if somebody's putting four million on the table for Thomas Partey, then you have to take yeah. that. You have to well, take that deal. Juve will pay that. You have to take that deal. Thomas Partey is one of the best holding midfielders in the world. Someone's paying forty million. He's not playing any football this yeah, year. Yeah, but he, he still is. He still is. I think Thomas can still come back and change things though. And I still think that, this season, yeah. I still think that. And I, I was going to say one thing about Jorginho. I am putting a lot of stock and faith in Jorginho, and I, I I assume or I hope to assume we're going to go on a Champions League run. Mm. And I'm I'm putting a lot of stock in J five in that Champions League run. He's already I, won the Champions League. I need you right there with Declan Rice. Two show played him next to Kante every round. <laughs> I need you right there with Rice in all of those games. The performance yeah. you put against Liverpool should just be the standard. I need that team with Tommy Asu at left back. Yeah, Jesus up top. No, no. Keep Kavas. I ball, think man. Jesus. Yeah, the problem play, is, play, you play Jesus on the left or do something. But in those latter rounds, I need this. No, I think I think Kavas is going to be a great impact sub in the Champions League, and I think Jesus will be. You you'll be seeing seven minutes on the clock. Jesus won Arsenal. <laughs> like I think Jesus is <laughs> all these chances that he misses in the Premier League. Yeah, but you can you can get Jesus in the team. All of these chances that he misses in the Premier League will go in in the Champions yeah, League. True, true. That is that is the nature of the guy, um, but. I, uh, yeah, but yeah, Jorginho, I think will be incredible. Yeah, will be massive, incredible, especially when you go away you to say. to hostile stadiums. And for a lot of these Arsenal players, we got to remember it's the first time some of them are playing in Champions. Yeah, League. yeah. Declan Rice has never played Champions League football before. Yeah, Mikhail Saka, all of these guys, Gabriel Martinelli, they've never played Champions he, League. Football he before. seems like a lovable guy in the dressing room. He seems like he brings yeah. that, like you know, everything that Mikel wants in the. Well, dressing even room. the the interview afterwards, Declan Rice was saying that he like he obviously wants to learn as much as he can from him, and he knew that like. And and for all the other players out there on that pitch, I know I said this about Havertz, but Jorginho as well is another one who 
he's just going to play his game. Yeah. The occasion won't matter to him. He's just going to play his game. And that calmness that he can bring there is... Be- and another, just because we're speaking on the calmness point, that without a shadow of doubt, David Ray... I was going to say, I was actually going to bring him up if yeah. you didn't have him on your list yeah, as a person he, that he needs was a shout-out. He was on here. Just, I didn't want to speak too long about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just as a shout-out, he's done the, his thing. In the stadium, I can 100% tell anyone who's listening to this in the stadium, the whole stadium is more calm with David Raya. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know why. I don't know why it is. Maybe Ramsdale's got the, the franticness. He's and, t- he's but but I can a hundred percent tell you that we Liverpool are one of the best pressing teams in the world probably, yeah. But the whole stadium was fairly calm whenever David Raya got the ball or yeah. something. He does his thing, David Raya and I I hundred percent feel that calmness, I feel that presence. Yeah. And the distribution and the quick releases and the the less of the gesturing to the crowd and the less of the crowd wanting to fuck with him because they know he can be fucked with. Um, All of that stuff plays into it. And, you know, for whatever you might say about his mistake for uh, the... uh, I was going to say, well, it's mostly... I don't think he's made a mistake there. But I could easily see Ramsdale coming to just clear everything out. Yeah, yeah. Um, which could, might work. Which might work. Which might give a penalty away. Yeah, might snap yeah. Saliba's ACL. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever it is, there is a lot more risks in that option. <laughs> like, so oh I'm thankful. The idea of Ramsdale coming out <laughs> and the headline the next morning, Aaron Ramsdale tears Arsenal star centre-back. Oh. And you keep fl- flinging himself at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just <laughs> yeah. Eyes closed. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're just trying to make himself as big as possible. But no, no right, right. High crosses, yeah. the claims, everything, playing out. Give him a lot of respect. Making the saves he should make. Shout out to David Ryan because he's been playing well consistently for a bit now. Ever since the looting game, he's kind of he's kind of stepped up. Yeah. Um, but one guy. You, you mentioned him. I mentioned him earlier. And this guy hasn't had, unfortunately, there hasn't really been a game yet where me and Michael have been like, yeah, we'll sing this guy's praises today. <laughs> but in this game, we 100% can. He gets and he shame. deserves it because I can speak for both me and Michael and say when we absolutely love this guy. Right? He's there week in, week out. Yeah. Minimum 7 out of 10. Ben White, Benny Blank. Or to give him his full name, Marcelo. As, <laughs> I saw Turkey saying that in the yeah, yeah, throw the nutmegs. All right, yo, Ben White was ready. You want to talk about a He's player for today. who's thinking, yeah, Liverpool on the weekend. I'm yeah, ready yeah. for that one. Roy Keane, when he says the players know we're playing Arsenal on the week, we're going to we're going to Highbury on the weekend, <laughs> right? They know Ben White came out and he was ready for that. Yeah, no, I, he was he was that first half was flawless. Yeah, from Ben White. And he played well. And because they were targeting him, I give him even more love and even more credit. Yeah. And, Completely uh, locked down Lewis Diaz. Yeah, yeah. He's Completely. tricky, bro. He's a tricky winger. One of the best wingers in the league on his day. No, Ben White, he gets enough respect from me. One, for his availability. He's always around. He's always ready to play. He's always ready to do 90 minutes. And then two, for his actual ability on the ball and in a football pitch. Yeah. And he is one of those guys where... The amount of times Ben White will just, like you were saying, just wait and yeah, wait and yeah, wait and just come, yeah. man, come. And I also like his shithousery. I like his continuous. I know he got booked for a fucking... He got his get back, though. I, I, know, I know he got booked for, for wasting time, but I like the fact that he is just a bit of a prick, but good at yeah. football. 
and you can lock down your favorite winger, yeah. and you'll never give him credit for it. Yeah. But you can well, lock down your... that one in the second half when Luis Diaz is running and it looks like he's getting away. Yeah, Ben, ben White tracks him back, all the way stands back, stands him up. Luis Diaz comes inside, he blocks the shot. I think I think the thing I like about Ben White is he's got a little bit of everything in him. He's like a lot bit of an athlete. He's a lot bit of a you know technical baller in terms for a centre back or a central defender or a right back. Like he's nice on the ball. Yeah. But um, press resistant, he, he can win his headers. Yeah. You know, he he can put himself into a challenge, like you know, he can just do everything to a very high level, to a very decent level. And then he adds the additional, like it's it's weird to say passion because he doesn't give a fuck about football, but he adds that. Yeah. You can tell when he's playing, he gives. He wants every, to win. Yeah, he wants to yeah. win. He gives everything. He's got and, that competitive. And on Ben White, the, the after the Nottingham Forest game, I wanted to talk about this, but obviously him and Zinchenko. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. going to thing right. I absolutely love that from Ben White. Because even though I don't think Zinchenko was at fault for that goal, I think that, that again, was Saliba's fault for that goal. Yeah, yeah. Because our knee, he just nudges him off the ball and it's way too easy. Yeah. But Zinchenko doesn't even make it. That's Tomiyasu, he just wins the header. Yeah. The situation doesn't even materialise. <laughs> so Zinchenko should do better. And the fact that Ben White went over, and I didn't think Ben White was that guy who was going to be able to go to four-time Premier League winner Zinchenko. Yeah, you dropped the ball over there. Yeah. Ball <laughs> yeah. I'm doing my job. We want this clean sheet. Do your because on Sunday, if that's Liverpool. But I already told him what he wanted to do the clean sheet bonus. And now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Zinchenko's fucking up his money. You already had the table booked at tape. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Zinchenko's fucking up the next tattoo, Ben White's already, <laughs> yeah. he already scripted out for himself. But yeah, man, like like you say, locking down your favorite winger. I don't I can't give him enough praise for that. Yeah, no, I, he quietly goes about and we always and, and in it. a year where every single fullback at Arsenal has had injury problems, he's been there. Ben White, and I'm there. sure he's had his own injury problems, yeah. but I'm sure, I'm sure in that of, period he was playing through injury. His muscles are made of vibranium. Yeah. I think they just <laughs> they grow back overnight. Um, even um, even Mikel, I remember he said in the prime doc that um, even when Ben White's injured, he tries to hide it because he just wants to get out of there on that pitch. Um, I got I got a lot of time, and, and we set it off. We get Tomiyasu back, who's like yeah. In many ways, Ben White's twin brother. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like he's a football player. Yeah. He's gonna give it a hundred and ten percent. And he's and got the ability. He's. It might sound impossible, but he's more likely to lock down your favorite one. Yeah. Liverpool fans were saying if Salah had played, bro, if Tommy Asu had played, played it wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. Tommy Asu on that shield out. Let me tell you, Tommy Asu on a box out gives every. <laughs> Tommy Asu on that box out. When Van trying to play that diag, <laughs> oh, if that's Salah, we saw what, we saw it last year at Emirates. Tommy Asu locked him up. Yeah, you don't want it with, with exactly. Mr. Tommy T. Exactly. Um, are we uh, are we going to do the Liverpool perspective? We will do. We will do. Just one one guy again. Yeah. Again, four centre backs on the pitch. Oh. one got sent off. Two of them were directly at fault for their team conceding. Talk about him. But this guy, he's the best centre-back on the pitch. Right. And and I will say it now. Yeah. Yeah. And you say hot takes on whatever. This guy, this season, has been the best centre-back in the league. He's been part of the best defence in the league. Mm-hmm. He's played week in, week mm-hmm. out. He's playing there next to guys like Zinchenko, who's maybe not even there. He's being dragged out into wide areas where we're seeing guys like Badia Shield, who's been compared to Rolls Royces, get murked in wide areas. Dezazi. <laughs> we're seeing Kanate get sent off. We're seeing Van Dijk not clear balls. We're seeing Saliba make mistakes. This guy, Gabriel, has been the best centre-back in the league. I agree. I, I said to you that he's already in the team of the season. I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't care. It's, it's, 
It's a matter of who's partnering him. And don't anyone in the comments dare try and blame Gabriel for that goal. Because mm. that, is, that, is, that is not his fault at all. The but Saliba should just clear it and the ball will come into him. But I, I, solid. I love the consistency Gabriel has brought. He is a 7, 8 out of 10 more time. The headers, the blocks, his growth as a passer, the long ball. You can't say it's a, 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 a well, it, it's a long ball into the space, but you know, even that for Martinelli to eat up, um, he was the best centre back on the pitch. He made the yeah. fewest mistakes. Yeah, hundred percent. And and it's been like that. Yeah, and it's some of the passes the Gabriel was playing, like again, people will try and pigeonhole. Do you know what's like, so funny? It's, like it's aerial it's, guy. It's so palpable from those games that we had. If you can remember at the very beginning of the season, at the very very beginning of this pod. His party at right back, and we were like, yeah. "What's going to be happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How is this going to fit? Is Gabby going?" By the third game, we were like, "Yeah, we're, I'm done. We're with done, this. With this. done with this." And then we had the first game when he was back, and I can't remember who it Man was. United. Is yes, and it was like, um, and he had the tussles with Hoyland. yeah, yeah, the tussles with Hoyland. But it, it, there is, from that moment, there's been such a difference, yeah, in our defense, and it, he's a hundred percent the foundation. And I heard somebody else say it like. You know, we we give Saliba a lot of credit. We give Saliba a lot of love, just, you know, rightfully so, justly so. Uh, but we've never seen a Saliba without Gabriel. Exactly, exactly. You know, we've never seen a Saliba without Gabriel. Exactly. And do you know? Do you know how good Rob Holding cannot start a single game at Crystal, at Palace, Crystal Palace, Palace, man? And Gabriel held his hand. Tompkins and is kept, still getting and, games. Exactly, and, <laughs> and kept us within a title race for two months after Saliba got injured. And we spoke about Gabriel doing the two-man defending job as a left-back. And in those man-to-man market situations, when it's Gabriel and the fastest, strongest player on the other team, you know, 1v1 from the halfway line. I know who's winning. Yeah. I know who's so, winning. So, yeah. You yeah know. And, and the thing is, even, there's no way you're going to score from that situation. Because if you beat Gabriel, Gabriel's wiping you out. He's just going to take the yellow card. He's, w- <laughs> he's just going to take the yellow card. And it is what it is. He'll get you on the next one. There's no, no he's, way you're he's a real... Anyway, we, we both had him top of our Mikel Arteta mm. top 10 signings. And yesterday or Sunday was... 100%. Uh, uh, an illustration as to why. Like, he is the foundation. You talk about... I said it that we're the best defensive team in the league. Yep. You know, other people, Jamie Carragher, all these other guys have said it now that we're the best defensive team in the league. And he is 100% a foundation of it. If not... The best centre-back in the league this season? Uh, you know, it would be, be funny to say, like, do you think we would have as good a defensive record, as good a defensive numbers if Gabriel was out and but we still had all the other pieces? Like, we had... It was no. Saliba and White, maybe, no. as a centre-back partnership, and we had Tomiyasu and, and Zinchenko, whatever, at, at um, right-back, left-back situation. Like, that is how no. central I think he is yeah. to all do of our defensive numbers. We always used to say, if, if you're going to put Ben White at centre-back... His partner has to be Gabriel. Yeah, you can't you can't pair Ben White and. Saliba. Can you imagine Ben White and Saliba both? That's being... what it was at the start of the season, isn't it? Yeah, that's can what ma- we were trying. Can you imagine both of them being trying to be too cool on the ball? Yeah, both of them. You know, somebody needs to win that header. Yeah, and Gabriel has he and, truly and obliges. On on that first goal, the reason we are able to get out, Gabriel on his left foot, first hand. Yeah, he's got a, he, look. He's a, he's a proper problem, man. He's a proper problem in the league. Yeah, and again, he's another guy who I just need to see crowned. Just need to see, yeah, hundred percent that 100%. big trophy and, and yeah, transformative. You, you said, are we going to do anything on the Liverpool stuff? We will do some Liverpool stuff. Um, and linked in with that, um, the comparison of the midfields, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, and Declan Rice's impact in these big games. <laughs> Yo, 
is invaluable, man. What Declan Rice offers to Arsenal in big games, home, home or away, right, is just you. I can't even describe how important that that player is to have. I said um, he has a moment in the game where he literally pushes or moves to every Liverpool midfielder. Yeah. Curtis Jones, McAllister, Graven Birch. He's Graven Birch on the floor. Like, and, and, <laughs> he eats up the ground, yeah. he shoves them off the ball, he plays the five yard pass to Jorginho or on the attack. Yeah. Um, no, he was brilliant, man. And I, th- I thought his levels had kind of dropped a little bit for the, the last couple of weeks. Not nothing crazy. Yeah. But this was a reminder of, um, you know, him being able to more than just hang at the highest level. Like, he can, he can generally dominate midfields on the highest stage and he's another guy I can't wait to see in the Champions League can't wait to see in a Champions League run in a Champions League sort of um, knockout game in, t- in in midfields with Spanish guys <laughs> in Mino midfields you know <laughs> with techie guys yeah he's nice I know he's got the tech for it. Curtis Jones he's nice he's, you know I know he can play a five yard pass I know he can turn the corner I know he can do all of this but when he has a six foot three guy in there who can do that as well, who can eat up the ground, yeah, who defends on the front foot, man. Yeah. Who as soon as you get the ball off your defender is breathing down your neck. The athleticism in the press, the way he was winning the ball back, the intensity that he just gave Arsenal. But that Declan Rice whole like jumping on a guy as he's <laughs> if if you're playing Arsenal and you think, especially at home, if you're playing Arsenal, you think that I can get this ball of my center back and take three touches before I turn around yep. to face the field. You're wrong. Like, yeah. you're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. You think McAllister thought when he got that, when he gets that ball, he thinks, yeah, I'm going to turn. I'm going to probably clip a ping out to Louis Diaz. <laughs> and Declan Rice just comes in, bang, win the ball, Arsenal on the counter. And he always points at it. Yeah. Yeah. Ball. yeah. yeah. You know, um, yeah, I, I, he's he's brilliant. We need to find a partner for him. Like he's playing at an unbelievable level, and he can get to an even better level if you find a, a, a huge um, sort of guy who can pass in midfield. Not huge physically, but just of yeah. footballing stature. Yeah, who can actually land up, stand up to these we, games. We need the next Ilkay Gundogan, someone like that. That's hundred percent. Someone who's which is unreal. which is so different. They're like yeah, one of the yeah, exactly one in a million. Like, he play drop deep, progressive passes, GA, like <laughs> all of it. You can play all the positions, intelligent like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Can stand up to the clutch moments. But Zubamendi. Look, I, I welcome those I welcome all rumors. Because one, I think Arteta will make you a better player. Yeah. And um and two, if you have that technique, you know, Arteta knows these positions better than anybody. Mm. Like so if Arteta says Partey's done, Partey's done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, he, full faith now. Yeah, yeah. Full faith. He, he know he. It's it's full faith. Not even, but especially for these midfield positions, the number sixes, the number eights. Yeah. He's played in the Premier League for ten years under Moyes. Yeah, he's done it under Moyes. He's done it under Arsene. Yeah. Um, he's played with Pep. Like he knows what it takes to be a midfielder in these positions to go to Anfield and yeah. hold your shit and all this kind of stuff. So, I trust him. If, if Arteta says Zubamendi's the guy and he thinks he's got the technique. He's the guy. Exactly, exactly. You know? Um, and yeah, I like Liverpool were shocking in that game. Absolutely awful. <laughs> part part of that was because of the way Arsenal were playing. But yeah, Liverpool just didn't have it. And albeit they did kind of obviously Sabozlai was out on the day. Nunes was on the bench. Um, but I, bro, I was looking at and I've said this before. This Liverpool midfield, 
cannot win the Premier League, man. Like for for all we know about Premier League football, yeah, for, for this everything midfield that's, can't win. For everything it. that we've seen in the script book, if this midfield wins it, Klopp's better than Fergie. Madness, yeah. Because yeah. there's no way for for I will question McAllister's DM. And McAllister's yeah. alright. He's done well. But he's not a DM. <laughs> he's, he's not. not, he's, a not DM. he's not. a Premier League winning DM. He's not, a, bro, he's not N'Golo Kante. McAllister, <laughs> Jones, and Sobozlai, Endo, Sobozlai, and Gravan. But whoever it is, <laughs> yeah, that midfield. If that midfield wins the league ahead of Rodri, KDB, yeah, yeah, like all miracle Foden, miracle worker. Jurgen Klopp's a better manager than Sir Alex Ferguson because I will question everything I know about Premier League football. I, if that midfield wins the league. I agree with you hundred percent, and I said it that just you know. There is something to be said about Premier League, um, and now I'm actually talking about players' stature, like physical height. Like as you said, there's sometimes if Endo, Curtis Jones, and um, McAllister. and McAllister are in that midfield, and you've got Rodri, you've got Declan Rice in the other team, they should. Yeah, it should it, be it, a, that one should take out all three. <laughs> so I'm saying it should be a pretty long day. So I, I half give Liverpool a lot of credit for mm. being where they are with the midfield that they have and then also agree with your point that not only is it the reason why they shouldn't win the league but I think it's the reason why we should finish up of them we have midfield issues ourselves we don't know who's on number eight no one's locked it down all season no one's like I can point out and be like yeah he's the best in the position to 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 take us to the next level um but Liverpool's midfield it's actually incredible the run that they've been on and, and another thing I want to say about Liverpool, and it sounds like maybe we're hating, but there's certain signings that Liverpool have made that I don't know if they're successful. Like Gakpo. Yeah. Like Gravenberg. Yeah, speak on it. Because Gakpo, you know, and again, like we, you, you come into this game and you think this is a massive game for both teams, probably the biggest game of the season. If Liverpool come here and win, yeah. there's a big chance they can go and win the title if they put themselves eight points clear. And you're looking at the midfield battle and you're looking at these signings. Gravenberch has had to come in. Yeah. Gagpo's had to come in playing on the wing. And you look at a big game. I need you to step up. And one person that did get criticised for not turning up in big games, Martin Odegaard. <laughs> but, no, but I... I, I turned I up and, and, step, and stepped up. Like, that pass he plays for the first goal is brilliant. Whereas Gravenberch comes into the team and none of those... Like, I mean... Roy Keane definitely has a, a thing against Van Dijk because he Dijk, blamed yeah. him for all three goals. But I can't look at any of those Liverpool players other than maybe McAllister, but even then it wasn't like a great performance and yeah. say, yeah, you turned up for the occasion. No, I, but yeah. No, I, so that's my point is like, you know, I think there is a player in Gakpo. I've seen him have some nice touches and seen him score some nice goals, but you never really get a consistent run from him. Um, same thing even with Darwin Nunes. Like, I think Darwin Nunes actually is a good player yeah, or like yeah. he's always involved. He can cause a lot of chaos. Both of us, none of us wanted him to start, but you know, he probably should have more goals than he currently has. Yeah. He I, I do believe Darwin Nunes can explode. I, so do I. But till this point, um, it's not that he's a question mark of a signing. I, I get why they've got him, but you, you but, kind but, of, but that chance he has straight after the kill your header. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When he just lashes, you kind of want more, you kind of want more. And that's what I'm saying about, and that's what I'm saying about for Liverpool to be up in title talks, in a title charge and I'm unsure about the midfield. I'm unsure about whether a lot of their signings in the past couple of years have actually been sort of successes. I give a lot of credit to Klopp yeah, for being able to manage a team. Like he still is able to find a way. Thiago hasn't played a football, a football match in 12 yeah. months, 13 months, however long it's been. 
Like it's crazy. Because even the Fabinho, Wijnald, and Henderson midfield. Was, I, I was questioning it. Yeah, then. exactly. But I was like, there's still enough here. Wijnaldum's technically... Yeah, 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 yeah. Fabinho he loves play, a goal. He can play forward. He can break up the play. Henderson's the engine in that. This midfield, it, it, like, it can't... It just can't But happen. to give Liverpool fans some credit or some respite, I think it was the right time to play them. Like, Trent wasn't fully fit. Robertson was just coming back. There was no Salah. There was but no... But you think a fully fit Trent, Martinelli's no game changes? Martinelli's game doesn't change, but maybe there is that... Because the problem... There's more threat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the thing is, we were so dominant. We were so mm. dominant in that game. And it was such a huge game. Um, you know, that I will give Liverpool fans some credit and just say that it probably was the right time for us to play them. But it's been like that in other years gone by. But, but it's, the right, still, it's, the, it's the right time for them to play. Like We, we didn't have Jesus. We Tommy didn't have Partey. Partey. Yeah, there was a lot of guys we were missing. Um, but if I needed a six-pointer versus Liverpool, uh, you know... Then, yeah, they were missing Salah. Uh, yeah, Somebody they were... Like, yeah, exactly. Trent wasn't fully fit. Yeah. You would take it. So, and I think for them, I'm happy that they have kind of lost now because things can kind of get ridiculous with Liverpool when they build up these... You know, since Klopp announced he's leaving, yeah, yeah, yeah. Liverpool have won the last seven, Do eight, it nine. Klopp. You know, so... For them to lose now and, um, yeah, it will galvanise them or whatever, but they'll also know that, all right, there's, there's good teams out there, yeah. there's cracks. And when they get to these these Goliath games versus City, they are going to be a little bit nervous. They know they're... But yeah, but that game at I've, Anfield, the atmosphere in that game... Yeah, is gonna it's going to be nuts. Mad. It's going to haven't won there with fans since 2003. Yeah. And and I also want to say that, and this is going to be maybe controversial, but I, I thought Konate, and I was telling you, I thought he did well. Like, he... He's a good player. Like, he, he's actually a very good player, Kanate. And he's going to lock down a lot of problems yeah. on that yeah. that right side. I don't know if he can ever make up for how bad Trent is defensively. You kind of make it, you know, it's like you're a man down. Mm. But Kanate, he is athletic. He wins yeah. his headers. He's tidy enough on the ball. He's not sloppy or careless or anything like that. Um, Martin Lee got the better of him. Havertz got the better of him yesterday. But in the three games he's played yeah. us, I've been very impressed with him, man. Like, no, he's a yeah, Canal is a very good centre. He's a proper player. I think the atmosphere just kind of got to him a bit. On hey, it can happen to people at the exactly. carpet. Exactly. It got to Virgil and Allison. Hey, it can happen to people at the carpet. That's another thing, man. I, bro, Virgil and Allison. Virgil, never, I haven't even could. Never. Yeah, you haven't even had time to. I, and I'll tee you up for that. <laughs> I'll tee you up for that. But Virgil and Allison never make mistakes like that. I know in the Man City game, people were saying Allison made a couple of mistakes, whatever. Mistakes like that yeah, yeah. between them two, them two, and I, I was sat there at halftime. That's a uh, carrier and Alan, Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll admit this. Yeah, I was sat there there at halftime, and I was saying this is going to be tough now because the difference is Van Dijk and Canate and Allison will we'll never make that give me. us. Yeah, what we just gave Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but boy, boy, was I glad to be wrong, boy, because and I reckon all of this kind of stuff. It just kind of happens. As soon as that Van Dijk lets that ball bounce, the whole crowd stands. Bro, I'm so happy for VVD's downfall. I'm so happy for VVD's downfall. Like, I have some wild wild takes for VVD that I won't do it today because there is not enough evidence built up in the the tank yet. But it's coming, man. Drop drop one. Drop one. All I say is that I... I think, especially for the last two, I don't think Van Dijk one has been the same player since injury, since he's come back, and I think his name has helped him a little bit, a lot of bit, to get into these conversations. He is, yes, one of the top five centre backs in the league. Still, he has, yes, had a great season this Barclays Premier League, but 
I think Liverpool fans and other fans go on about Van Dijk like he's infallible, like he doesn't make any mistakes, like he hasn't made any mistakes at all all season. He's been sent off this season for a straight red. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I think he got lucky midweek versus Chelsea. I thought he gave away two penalties, you know. And then you have these mistakes versus Arsenal today. Um, Where little Martinelli just nudges not, the Bro. Big Van Dijk. So... It's not to say that Van Dijk is an awful player. Is I think he's going to leave at the end of the season because I think Van Dijk knows. Yeah, it's downhill. Yeah, from here. Yeah. That I'm a uh, like guys are. So there's got to be certain players. Not every player is going to be feeling like this, but there's going to be certain players in the Barclays Premier League who are feeling like there'll be a lot of times where you you'd see Van Dijk and you turn away and you yeah. think, oh, let me recycle the ball. There's going to be another opening somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I think guys are looking at Van Dijk. Some guys looking at Van Dijk. That's what I thought Martinelli... Well, that's what another winger would have done with Canate. It's like, you know... And that's why I, I'm a, a bit let down at Saka because Martinelli had Canate to go at. I want Saka to go at Van Dijk. Mm. But I think know? Van Dijk still kind of commands that. He's, he, do, he does. He does still kind of command that. It's, but... rare, it's rare you see a winger just... But one person who would do it, Pedro Neto, but we'll <sighs> go on to that. But even Trossard, for example, for that for Trossard's goal, Van Dijk's got to do more. He's got to get across. He's got to put in a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. He's stalling, he's like trying to mind read. takes a deflection, goes for Alisson. Yeah. yeah, I just think, and I'm not here to kill him yet, but I just think that sometimes when Dak puts in some meaty performances with a couple mistakes that give away goals, mm. and then everybody the next day is like, oh yeah, but you know, Van Dijk's the best centre back in the league. And Gabriel's not made these mistakes. No, no, he hasn't. You know, he um, hasn't. So, uh, it's a teaser, Liverpool fans. I'm just saying that I'm watching your boy, and I know you've got him on a pedestal. Well, I'm just saying, Liverpool fans and VVD lovers, that some of the your some of your like, oh, he's monstrous games, Defu Gazi. Like some of your like, oh, he's the best ever, the best we've ever seen, yeah. the best there ever will be. Especially the ones in the last eighteen months. Some of them are Fugazi, and he's made a couple mistakes that we always sweep under the carpet because of the name. And yes, the trophies he's won because which, of his PR, which I give him credit to, and because yeah. of his PR and the meme. But it's, you know what? You know what? I will say Saliba has that PR. Oh, big time. Saliba's mistakes get sweat. Yeah, but forget about them. Saliba's made way more mistakes than even in the way last two more, In the last two more. games. In the last week, yeah. two games, he's made two. Yeah, and, and he's made more this season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If that was Gabriel, people would be calling for him to be dropped. There is there are certain players that get away. Saka, Saka's missing that Martinelli cross. Like, I don't know how Saka gets contact on the ball and doesn't put the yeah, ball in the back yeah, of the yeah. net. But he's Saka, yeah. you know. So you can't say to that one. Like, I understand he's up. He's come through the academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to give him. You give I, him all the benefit. All the doubt. Be a, I, I get that one. The Saliba and Gabriel. I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. <laughs> that is, it's funny though. But, but um, do you but, think? Do you think that this Liverpool thing, the club, the pressure, the build? I'm gonna keep asking you that. Like, it's gonna because I think it's gonna die down for now. The whole we're gonna do it for. I think that was a big like. It's like, gonna come Arteta back. Arteta said, "Nah, you ain't, you're not having your farewell tour here." I think it's gonna come back, though. I think the Klopp and I think that, that was a big one because I think Liverpool fans thought, "Yeah, Klopp's made this announcement." Um, I I did hear a Man United fans say, "What's he doing?" Fergie won the league and then told us he was leaving. <laughs> we didn't need this galvanizing, which you could make that argument. Man. I... Exactly, and the difference between last year and this year, and another way that I can categorically say, "Yeah, there's been development, there's been improvement." We've beaten both the title rivals at home, um, which is huge. We got a draw at Anfield. Yeah, we haven't lost to a big six team yet. Yeah, that that as we spoke on it, that massive, big six record, massive. 
us not losing to a big six team because last year around this time we played Man City at the Emirates yeah and we lost and we already lost to United by then yeah yeah um so yeah I think just for Arsenal to put that down and say no you're not coming to our ground either the title rivals and taking any points yeah it's huge because like you say that game at the Etihad now if if and I did say a Man City fan the other day say Arsenal won't win the league. We'll come to the Etihad. We'll beat you 4 0. There's nothing I'm more sure about. <laughs> yeah, and we have a bad record at the Etihad. But if Arsenal can go there with a fully fit team, they only really need to get a draw. Yeah. Provided they do their job in other games. We get four points off City, man. And Liverpool. We're in with a shout. A real shout. A real shout. If City don't beat us there, but that's a tough one. It's a tough game. one. That's way down the line and stick around man if, hey, but if, if you followed us all season we'll see keep following shout out to your Arsenal fans I know it was it's, it's, it was a big weekend for us yeah. man there's a lot of yeah. people that are going to try and shit on our parade but it was a big weekend for us a lot of people wanted to see our downfall yeah yeah a lot of people thought that was it so yeah Arsenal fans walking out of their chest mm. chest out head held high and rightfully so um, and hopefully we've given you the Arsenal content we've spoken for just over an hour just over an hour on Arsenal. Arsenal I don't know how much we'll make the idea probably most of it but, yeah. <laughs> but enjoy it just lap it up and like I said if you don't want to listen to the Arsenal content then we will move on to the other games now um, and it was good to have Premier League football back it was man. great a- away from Premier the Arsenal game back. obviously enjoyed the Arsenal game but good to have Premier League football back and nothing better than a big team going to Goodison Park Oh, is that where you're going? Off. I love that one, man. Yeah. I love that one. I know everyone didn't win the game, but I knew all week before that game, I know exactly what this game's going to be like. Yeah. Tottenham will play well in phases. Everton will have chances. The crowd will get up. <laughs> Goodison will rise. Atmosphere will build. Calvert-Lewin <laughs> will miss a sitter. And nearly all of that happens. Yeah. Um, And on the Spurs point of view, shout out Richarlison. Shout out Because he scored two great goals. I'm trying goals. to get him in my team. Yeah, yeah. He scored two great goals. And I actually think the first one's a better goal. You think? I think the, I think the first one's so... A lot of people might just look at it and say, oh, it's a, it's a simple finish or whatever. Yeah. He shows if, patience. If, if we had an Arsenal striker that could bag a yeah, goal like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left foot, curled it round into the top corner. I actually think that was a better goal. I I uh, I do want to shout out Richarlison a lot because... He's put it together, man. He's turned it around mentally, physically. I think that's he's, nine in this last eight. Now. He's looking strong. He's on a real purple patch, man. Um, but but yeah, shout out Everton, bro. Shout out Everton. <laughs> like Jared Brown for you at the end, man. I I enjoyed that one. Everton are resilient. They stayed in the game. At times, you thought. I mean, it was always kind of a 50-50. Everton had their chances. Tottenham can't defend set pieces. Like Vicario that. on corners. Yeah, Tottenham can't depend. Vodkovic. He's being, he's being targeted now. Like, and he doesn't know what to they do. They found a weakness. Uh, uh, Sean Dyche saw Pep Guardiola do it. He saw Ake score. And he just it. said, I'm going to copy that. And every corner, Tottenham was shook. And it was James Harrison who's not even that tall. Yeah. Stood right in front of Vicario. Vicario yeah. can't handle it. He can't deal with it. Um, and Tottenham should have had, sorry, Everton should have had more than one from a corner. Yeah. Or from a set yeah, piece. They should have. They should have. Um, so I, I want to give Sean Dyche a lot of cra- craze, praise for just being resilient as hell. Yeah. With his team, especially at Goodison, yeah, because there were patches when Tottenham were playing good stuff and looked like it was going to blow them away. Mm. And um, there's certain times you managed, especially at two one, yeah, Tottenham had a couple chances. There's certain times you managed to drop your shoulder and sends a defender, and you think, oh yeah, this is yeah, this yeah, is it, this is yeah. done, this is done. 
Um, but Braithwaite, man, I yeah. think he needs his. Yeah. I think he needs his love. First, first goal for Everton. I mean, he's been playing well. People have been speaking about him. I hope, in some ways, if Everton stay up, he doesn't get a move. Like, mm. In many ways, learn your trade under Sean Dash for a couple of years. Yeah, with Tarkovsky. Yeah, you know, like play every game. I, th- I think Sean Dash can build a very good team at Everton. There, I think um, he. You know, I actually find it tough for Everton to move on. And, like, people like Ejisa Garnagay are good midfielders. Well, you're meaty midfielder, but I don't think Everton can move on unless they move on from Ejisa Garnagay. Like, yeah. you need somebody yeah, yeah, in there yeah. who's better than him, who's better than him, who's yeah. younger than him, who can learn stuff, yeah. who can add to his game, who can, like, I think James Garner's a good player. I think he's James good. Garner, I actually wanted to talk about. Yeah, he's a good player. Because I think James Garner's the one in that midfield who... Obviously, Anana's been injured. Anana's been injured. Decore's had back-to-back injuries. Yeah. Um, James Garner's been getting out there every week, and he's putting in performances, man. No, he Ex-Man is. Man United there's, guy. My, the, guy, Man United. There's sold. just a few players. I agree that he can build a good squad. There's just a few players. Yeah, it's his free kick for the second goal. Yeah. His dead ball yeah. delivery, which for a team like Everton will be invaluable. invaluable. But, but yeah, just you need to move on from Ashley Young. Yeah. You need to move on from Idris Ikane Gay. Yeah. Um, you need to move on from Michael Keane. Obviously, you have Braithwaite and Tarkovsky. Um, and... I think you might need somebody better than Mikalenko. He's all right, but yeah, I think you might yeah. need somebody better than Mikalenko. And then you need to move uh, on from DC. And, and uh, yeah, exactly. If you really make yeah, that yeah. next move, you need to move on from DC. You, you get a better striker. So those are the those are the areas that Everton need to move on from. But if they get two to, fullbacks in the summer to climb up the table, and then they can get they can play their midfield of Onana if he's still there, Garner, yeah, and James Garner, and then Dwight McNeil, Harrison. And then maybe get a striker after that. I think a short dash can build a decent team. They're, they're, they've, they've got some bones and they've got they've, they've got a but not bottom. T- I was gonna say call them a bottom table clock, but short dash like Klopp can infuse a mentality into a team of resilience and and mm-hmm. like metal and steel, and we don't lose at home and all of this and kind we of know stuff. what good like. Yeah, all of this kind of stuff that can help teams win football matches. Um, but there is just certain players that are like whenever I see Michael Keane on the team sheet, there is. Yeah. <laughs> there, at there, least one mistake there's yeah yeah there's a goal for the opposition already banked um but i i think as well to be fair i saw a lot of people captaining verna like yeah, unique, i saw like a lot of weird people captaining verna and i think he's another guy who is gonna be just so interested that that 90 minutes yeah i can tell you categorically verna did not want it with godfrey <laughs> He did not want it, man. Yo. Anytime the ball was 50 or 60 40 in Burners, he would back out of it. Yeah, and Godfrey's just. I was saying that Godfrey needed to come up. Like, Godfrey got a yellow card for descent or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time the ball would go out to Werner, that switch was always on. Yeah, yeah. Every time the ball would go out to Werner, Godfrey would ro- like run towards Werner. But that's me and drink to a guy like Godfrey. He would run towards Werner as if he didn't care whether he got man <laughs> or ball. <laughs> and I was like, Yo, you're on a yellow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's Godfrey's whole game. That is his whole that's game. Godfrey. That's Godfrey. That is his whole that's, game. That's just who he is. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of stops Tottenham's momentum, though. And yeah, 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 it did stop because they were all talking about Tottenham going level on points of Arsenal, and Tottenham could have put a real sort of um, wedge between themselves and United and put themselves in the top yeah. five race, yeah. like that, like that, like that. Um, and now you're in a situation where. I love Ange's post. Ange's, you know what I love about Ange? I don't even listen to what he has to say, but I love his body language pause when he, when Tottenham draw or lose, especially yeah. a game that they think they should win. And he has this just like, he looks like a, a deer or something that you need to put down. 
like, he's so his shoulders are so like oh, yeah. oh my god he's, he's yeah, not even looking a, at the camera yeah, yeah he doesn't look at the camera questions looking down like, yeah it was a good day uh, before yeah. with Charles. It was, oh, he's had that all year mate he's had that all year with Charles, and he's had the same mentality it's just unlucky today like oh. i love it when they lose yeah. or when they drop points and he has these shrugged shoulders but well, I would say Tottenham are getting players back. Basuma's coming back. Marley got knocked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, South Korea just got knocked out today. Oh, did they? So Son's coming back. Yeah. Tottenham are going to be in, in and amongst the top five, man. Yeah, they, and, they and good the, enough football. The, the next game's going to be interesting because they play Brighton in their next game. Oh. And Brighton, who played Palace on the weekend. Who's at home? The Derby. Uh, Tottenham are at home. Okay. But yeah, Brighton played Palace on the weekend, which they do consider a Derby. Yeah, M25. Um, and they completely bossed Palace completely bossed Palace came away 4-1 winners they were 3-0 up at half time Pascal Gross, Pascal Gross. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, picking up assists Buena Notte with a great finish um, João Pedro scored a link up with Welbeck and Backhill and yeah um, and things just it's looking real sticky for Roy right now I, things, I'm so surprised Roy's still in the job same same bro I'm and, shocked. and when when the chips are down. This just like the chips are really down. He brings Elise on at half time because he's three 0 down and wants to change things. And Elise gets injured after nine minutes, and now he's out for two. He's months. out for two months after nine minutes. Yeah, he got injured. He came on at half time and he got injured after nine minutes. Oh my god, that is brutal, man. Eze's uh, out. As per. <laughs> I'm uh, and I'm I'm so shocked that Roy's still in. To be fair, Roy. I remember after the Liverpool loss, Roy came out and was just like, I'm not even going to miss football when it's done. Yeah. Like, I've never yeah. seen a man more ready for retirement. They always ask Roy, what are his thoughts on next year? And he's like, ah, oh, oh. He just muffles through the question. I can't really think about next year. It's so far in the future. You know, like, yeah. I, I <laughs> But I guess the question Crystal Palace will be asking themselves is who comes in? Yeah. I think like, big who comes in? The problem is, Roy, as bad as he is, will keep them up. Or as bad as the football is, we'll keep them up. They're not going to get dragged into relegation yeah, scrap. Yeah. Um. You know the teams, Everton for example, are still. But the football is bad. The football is bad. The football is terrible. The football is bad. And the score lines. Yeah. I mean, um, the score lines themselves. But I, it's I still meant to think, be a derby. I still think Roy will keep them up. So I think what Everton might be questioning, Everton, what Crystal Palace might be questioning is, if we make a change now, what can't happen is the floor to like cave in or the ceiling to cave in. And instead of having bad performances, but we have the odd result draw win. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Let we me, just have yeah, terrible just performances. Down, yeah. And like, do you remember when Leeds got rid of Jesse March? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Um, maybe they would have, maybe they wouldn't have stayed up with Jesse March, but they just lost every game yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, and like... <laughs> but but that's where the, the appointment's got to be. It's got to be someone of the... Yeah, like, I've seen Graham Potter at a couple of Palace games. I don't know if that will happen because obviously been a Brighton manager but I do yeah I do I'm like I'm with you man I'm surprised where he after the Arsenal game I'm surprised he wasn't gone then yeah um, I, I, and I give credit for Deserby for plugging at it man like yeah. I, I I don't know how Deserby is eighth it's not that Brian have been terrible yeah yeah but yeah. they go on these long spells yeah. where they don't win yeah or they get battered and you think oh you know I haven't seen Brian win in the last three weeks yeah yeah, yeah. you look at the table and they're like four points behind United yeah well, it's the same thing with United, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. United have lost like 10 plus games or something <laughs> and they're fifth or sixth. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't get how... I saw Tariq Lamptey yeah. getting assists. Played well. 
played well. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like yeah. you know, I, I, I do have an inquisition into like who's going to finish between 10th. That actually might be more interesting than the top four stuff. Who's going to finish 10th and 8th, like between 10th and 7th? <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. Chelsea, Wolves, Brighton. Yeah, um, yeah and it's all, all pretty like, close. There, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's all pretty close. And these are teams that are in there for New so many. Castle. Like Wolves are overperforming. Yeah. Yeah, Chelsea are underperforming. Yeah, you've got Newcastle in there. Who, to be fair, I thought was still going to get to the top four at the beginning of the season or finish in the top five at the beginning of the season. Um, and they they will win three games and lose three games. Yeah, yeah. Like if if Wolves, for example, was to finish above Newcastle this year, like what what would that would mean for <laughs> like, 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 like what that would mean for people like Eddie Howe and um, <laughs> and, he might be the best English manager. <laughs> oh. Yo, but, it's gonna be um, tense down but not yeah. Credit to the Zerbi, man. Like, if Brian get European football again this year, a job well done. Yeah, and to well be fair, any sort of as Europe. always, the style of football is beautiful. Some of the goals yeah. they were scoring were amazing. Then the next round of the Europa League, they mm. finished top of their mm. group, so they're straight into the round of sixteen. So yeah, shout out them, and yeah, big problems for Palace. But we'll move on. Burnley versus Fulham. Yeah, two two. Fulham went two 0 up for fun. Um, yeah, David Detra for fun. <laughs> David Detra, Chelsea guy. Yeah. Um, two goals on his debut, celebrated with the guy in the in the crowd. Um, he was loving it, and he, that's the first time all season that Burnley have picked up points from a losing from a losing position. position. And and it was so, also the, so credit Burnley. It's the first time all season Burnley have had some sort of focal man with any sort of something about him. Mm, mm. Like it was kind of like watching Brentford get Tony. You don't J Rodriguez. <sighs> Good, I. Yeah, meaty. Even less than meaty. But you know what? Or, Fulham should have killed the game. At Fulham should have killed the game they 100%. Have the game. And, and I mean, it's not even like Fofana's goals were weird ones as well. Because yeah. Leno on the first one. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that too many times. Yeah. I've seen that too many times. But, it, but at the very least, Burnley had somebody to aim at in the box who was a threat, who could win something in the air, who could um, get onto the end of a cross. And like... They just haven't had that all season. I just feel like when I watch Burnley, there is no impetus. Yeah, like they've been playing a lot of nice tiki taka stuff, and they'll they'll create a shot at the edge of the area that a guy will blast wide or hit straight at the keeper. And then when teams are like, all right, let's just shut down the middle, Burnley are like, all right, come, yeah. let's just yeah. let's concede three or four now. You know, <laughs> let's just completely shut I mean, off. Let's just lose this game entirely. But I but I'll, I'll give them their praise for coming back this week. First time they've done that in a hundred. Um, they're gonna need a lot more of this, man, if they want to do anything. But yeah, man, it doesn't look like a company's gonna get sacked at any point either. So, yeah, these, these managers. I guess you can't release the dock of a hundred points and sack him and in the season. On the flip side, a company, another manager who got promoted by the playoffs, Rob Edwards at Luton. At Luton, went to St James's Park, four four. They were four two up. Yeah. Interesting and game, man. I feel Rob, Rob Edwards deserves a lot of credit for what he's doing with that Luton team, man. Yo, Luton play like some like three, four, three. Yeah, with Adebayo and Morris. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bar- Barkley and Lakonga is uh, that. That's going to be a street won't forget pivot, man. I don't. I still don't know why company was saying all about Lakonga and then left him to like yeah. didn't sign him up. But Lakonga's really coming into it now. Yeah. Like yeah, he, he feels comfortable in the system. But he's, I mean, the way the way Rob Edwards, is killing it. Og Bene, <laughs> Og Bene is killing he's a winger. It. Rob Edwards said, "Yeah, you're gonna play wing back for me." Yeah, he's up ki- and down. He gave Dan Byrne oh. nightmares, <laughs> nightmares. Dan Byrne slept well 
on Saturday night because Ogbené ran him oh, ragged. Man, I, I, um, and yeah, I think he deserves credit for that, man. He's setting them up like that. No, we, 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 we were saying that they will pick up points at home, but to go to, bro, we lost there. Liverpool just about just about got there. there. Man City just Chelsea about got, got slapped there. there. Yeah, like for him to go there and and actually like bro, three four two up, score four goals. They should have. It was it was unfortunate they didn't start the game. It was it was brilliant. Shout out Elijah Adebayo as well. Midweek hat trick. Yeah, nine prem goals for him. Yeah, and the, I was gonna say um, and I'm saying this off air. I think uh the interesting thing about Luton is like every time Everton get a result, draw versus Fulham midweek. You know, draw versus Tottenham in two games that you know maybe you would have said they would have lost. Like Luton get a win, Luton yeah. get a draw at teams that you thought, oh, they're definitely going to lose these games. You know, you're not thinking they're going to put four past Brighton, yeah, and then four past Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, it's got eight goals in a week. Uh, so I, I do agree with you, man. Rob, everyone deserves huge credit for just staying in and around it, showing more than signs of life, yeah. showing like an actual... Because at the start of the season, everyone, oh, Vincent Company, yeah. Burnley's going to play yeah. this kind of football. There's no doubt who I think is a better manager. Yeah. Showing signs of life, 100%. And, and Kenilworth Road is a place I have said at this point, I'm not counting, I'm not counting uh, out Luton at Kenilworth Road. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're going to pick up points there from now until the end yeah. of the season. And as long as Morris and, and Adebayo can stay fit, it's like the biggest big man, little man partnership. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, just big man, big man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and they've got the guys at wide. They've got Doherty. They've got uh, Ogbene, who are putting balls in the yep. box, who are stretching teams. And it's gonna be, they're going to make it interesting. Yep. They are going to make it interesting for Everton down there. We'll see what happens with the point deduction and Nottingham Forest if you're not careful. Yeah. More yeah. than if you're not careful. And, like, and Newcastle look like they're struggling a bit. Yeah. Um. Longstaff bagged the brace though. Harvey Barnes got a goal on his return. Yeah, Harvey Barnes got a good goal. But and Murphy missed a sitter. Of yeah. Should've should have won the Yo. game. Great ball in from Bruno G. But I wanted to ask you, what's Barkley saying for the England squad in the summer? Barkley Barkley's one of those guys where it's like, if you ask me whether he should be in, he probably has more quality than like Henderson. And he's probably shown more than Jordan Henderson. But Henderson will always get in. We're talking about Gareth Southgate's England, like he, Gareth Southgate, Southgate was in Amsterdam to watch Henderson for Ajax. Gareth Southgate has his guys who he trusts and will put them in. Henderson is going to break up a Jude Bellingham and Rice midfield. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be champagne football and then whatever Henderson yeah, wants to yeah, fucking yeah. do in midfield. And uh, that is... that. Guaranteed, that is what Southgate's gonna do. And if you were England manager, if I was England manager and you and you, as Antonio was saying at MNF, if you say you're gonna do things of form, if I was doing things of form, Barkley would be in my team. Yeah. And the thing about Barkley is, is he's actually so two footed. Yeah, like he's he's such a dirty footballer. His composure, like on his goal, yeah, he, he takes the touch. He's so two footed. Um, and I'm not even saying that he should be starting for England. I'm not trying to say anything crazy like that, but he has enough quality I would happily start him and has seen has seen enough football to be in and around the squad yeah for sure um, but yeah I, I think I do want to give a lot of credit to Harvey Barnes as well man yeah, he's been out he's, he's been out yeah. for time you know no one was even mentioning his names we're doing top wingers we're doing all this kind of stuff I had him didn't I yeah yeah but like it was tough to have him because he hadn't played any football yeah. for a minute and yeah. he's coming straight and it was on, <laughs> it's on his weaker foot yeah like yeah. you know he's picking up the ball he's he, he, I love it. It's it's so Premier League to He's be a winger that scores goals though. That's one thing Harvey Barnes does. It's do. so Premier League to be out for forever and score on the day yeah, you yeah, come back. Yeah. You know, so shout at him, and we'll see. I, I think 
I wanted Luton to win, but I was kind of happy for Newcastle because I want this 10 to 7 to 8 position battle to be really yeah. interesting. And we know in that top four race, like, usually teams are just kind of throwing it away. Mm. So even these guys that were saying, Brighton, Newcastle, if they can put a couple wins together and be there or thereabouts, that might bring four or five teams into that top 100%. four race. Um, but we'll move it on to the e- Saturday evening game. Sheffield versus Aston Villa. Yeah. Villa were 3-0 up after 20 minutes, I think. Sheffield fans were leaving. Um, and I was watching this game and I, on commentary at one point, I think when Villa were 4-0 up or something, the commentator was like, oh, you just have to feel sorry for this for these lads. You just have to feel sorry for the Sheffield players. They just can't compete. They just don't have the quality to compete. And I was sat there listening to it and I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> but... Can I really just sit here and say all the way feeling it. and say, yeah, you lot are losing 5-0 at home because you don't have the quality? Yo, can, can we really just put that to the side and say, yeah, that's it? What I'm going to say is um, Chris Wilder set him up all wrong. Yeah. Like Watkins had the length of the pitch to run into. Douglas Luiz wasn't getting pressed enough in midfield. It was like a training. Douglas Luiz who played parts of the season. It, it, was, it was a brilliant, um, well... It was like a training game. Like Douglas Reeves would turn the goal. The goal, as you're saying, the brilliant pass. Yeah, he picks up the ball from his centre back, yeah. strolls yeah. into midfield, no pressure, doesn't get pressed. The centre back who's already on the halfway line with Watkins having time and space in behind. Watkins just makes a straight run. Yeah, yeah. At Douglas Reeves, it is a brilliant pass. Don't get me wrong, it is a brilliant pass, but it's like that wasn't the first time that Watkins made that run and got the ball. Yeah. Because yeah. he did it to, in the first goal. He did it before the first goal. He should have it could played. have been 8-0 again. Uh, but fair play to Villa for taking their chances and killing yeah. a game in the first 30 minutes. Sometimes teams play with their food. Shout out Ollie Watkins. Was he got like 10 and 11 or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he's he's doing his thing. And uh, and I, I agree with your point that I don't think it's enough just to say that Chef, you shouldn't compete. they like, got to be doing more. you right? got to be doing more. Have a game plan to make it hard for teams. You can't do even Even if you just say, look, every game is a cup final. Like, if that was a cup tie, there's no way that would be like that. But, and to maybe go against myself a little bit, I want to say that they have shown a little bit more with Bereton Diaz in in the club. Yeah, yeah. Um, he scored some nice goals. He scored some nice goals. They've shown a little bit more bites. Um, but that's just, what happened on Saturday? It's, yeah, I know. I, but the thing is, I don't really want to say it's a lack of effort or whatever. Like you're saying, Chris Wilder got it all wrong. Yeah. So tactically, they're set up like a mess. But is, is and this is a genuine question, this is genuinely me asking, is the quality difference between Sheffield and Villa just a case of they're going to get slapped 5-0 today? It's, or can you, can, is, is the quality, because there is an argument to say that the quality of those Sheffield players is bad, man. Like, it's low. The quality of those players is bad, but that, that, it's Chris Wilder. That's management. Chris Wilder telling his defenders to defend Watkins and Bay um, on the halfway line and give yeah. them all that time and spacing behind and not pressure Douglas Louise. It's like a half-baked plan put together. Or maybe, to be fair, it is the players who just can't execute. Yeah, that's what but I'm saying. I, I don't, like, think, I don't you... think it's 5-0 to Aston Villa. But, like, coming out at the, the second half, the game was done. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and it wasn't just scoreline done. It was mentally Sheffield knew they yeah, weren't finished. going to get they anything finished. in this game. And I don't think that that's quality-wise, yeah, but that, that mental factor as well. Yeah. You should still be coming into games 
you know, even having had a poor 45 minutes thinking you could probably win the second half. Like, Chef, you just knew they weren't going to win <laughs> yeah, yeah. the second half. They're going to score. Yeah. They're going to do anything. But, but that's where, like, Luton have certain assets, like we said, that Alfie Doughty, dead ball delivery, on point all the time. Can put a ball in the box. Add a bio is going to cause a problem. So, but but they, they, they play to their strengths. Devoid? Yeah, they do. And credit the manager. But what is Sheffield's strengths? How 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 do Chef you play? Where are their options? Yeah, we need to like oh we need to get the best out of this guy. But that's what I'm saying. They they got a bit more out of themselves with Derrick Diaz in the side. Like they have this Gustavo Hammer kid who mm. who's mm. playing nice balls. He has some technical. He has some technical ability. But I I, okay, I hear your point. But I I I don't think it's enough. Because 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 me personally, I don't know. I genuinely I don't know whether we can just say yeah the quality is the quality or whether it is just a lack of effort. I mean, to be fair, we shit on foddering him every week. Yeah. I st- Look, I, it, let us know in the comments what you think. Yeah. I, I think that's, I, I, that's I don't quite think, an interesting... I, I, I agree that they don't have the quality, but I don't think... It's 5 nil. Um, yeah, I think they could be way more competitive still. Yeah, compact. Whilst, whilst, yeah, whilst not having yeah. the quality. Yeah. Like, make it tough. For, yeah. It wasn't yeah. tough for Villa to break yeah, exactly. them down. Exactly. It wasn't tough at all for Villa but, to break but them But when down. they appointed Chris Wilder... I assumed that was going to happen. And this is and, at home. And I don't think this Chris Wilder's telling them, let's play this expansive Exp- yeah, yeah. and be left wide open, <laughs> which makes me then think Chris Wilder's trying to get them... And another team. thing we've been saying about Villa is Villa have been poor away from home. Yeah. yeah. Make it a cauldron, put it on them. Make your fans, apart from your fans leaving in the first 20 minutes, make them yeah. stay until the 80th exactly, minute. Exactly. There's one goal in it, they all get behind you, you see what you can do. But nah. But maybe the players out on the pitch just can't execute the, the instructions. Or, but we won't know. We won't know unless we, we get Chris know. Wilder on this pod one day. Yeah. And we can ask I, I think questions. I think part of it is there is some truth to the question, but I don't think it's all, they can still be more competitive. They, yeah. It's not all the way the truth. Yeah. Right? yeah. They can still be way more competitive. Um, and yeah, like we mentioned a couple of people on the Villa side, but Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey. Mr. X Factor for them, man. He's X he's, Factor. Even midweek, he's ripping guys. Two v ones, one v ones. You don't want to leave him alone. There is no reason for Emery to start Diaby ahead of Leon Bailey. Yeah, and that is crazy considering that's why Emery bought Diaby. Yeah, yeah. But there is no reason. I mean, the, the way Diab- with the way Bailey, sorry, just stands up the defender and then just wraps it in the top corner so easily. Even midweek when he came on against Newcastle, yeah, changed the game. Changed like the that. game. Created chances, threw balls like. No, he's like a proper kind of almost Riyad Mahrez-esque kind of winger. And the thing about Bailey is he's turning good cameos and performances into actual numbers, goals yeah. and assists, contributions. Yeah. Um, so, I yeah, I've got a lot of time and respect for him because he was somebody who was kind of like meandering. He was injured. He was in. He was out. He would score a wonder goal and then be out for a couple months. But he's found a manager. A manager's found a system for him that suits his strengths. He's ripping guys. He's just got to stay fit. He's proper ripping guys. Just yeah. got to stay fit. He does. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to Sunday's games. But Bournemouth first Nottingham Forest ended one-one. Not too much to talk about. Um, I know Solanke didn't actually score in this game, but he's got thirteen league goals. Yeah, only Harland and Salah are ahead have of more. Him. Yeah, no, he um, he probably uh, either one. He gets a massive contract at Bournemouth, which I don't think is wise. No, I think he move. But I was gonna West say Ham. he probably has to get a move. Make the West Ham move. Mikel out. Bowen, Antonio Bowen, Paqueta, Kudus, Solank, or Hans Solanke. Yeah. Ward Prowse. Ward Prowse. Alvarez. The Ward Prowse to Solank from set pieces. 
get Harry Maguire in the summer as well. That's where, bro, West Ham, Sam, get me in there, man. Yeah, it's true. They I'll make those moves. Football. Maguire and Solanke, summer business done. West Ham, I don't think I've won a game all year. Yeah, they have. Well, we know. Should whisper those words. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's, and, we, and we know what we, we're like. So let's hold on to that. But um, on the Forest side, Callum Hudson, Adoy, great goal. Yeah. Great goal. I remember when we were doing the podcast and we saw him score one against Burnley. <laughs> wrapped in the top corner, came in, buried it. And it's good to see that they have it in his locker. From this guy, he had, had his first minutes midweek against us. Came on at half time. Instantly knew there was a threat there. Mm. Yo, Awani is a problem, man. Mm. Awani is a problem. Every time he plays... When the balls get coming up and it's bouncing and our knee is pinned your defender, long, long day. <laughs> um, and he's going to be vital for Forrest. He's going to be vital for Forrest. And he, he will need to score sort of five or six yeah, yeah. between now and the end of the season. I'm so glad that away trip's done. It's, it's over so with, glad. yeah. So glad. City and Liverpool both have to go there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this it's going to get real tense when teams are fighting to stay, to keep and, their head and, above and water. And Nuno? In a relegation battle, best believe that block is going to be low. <laughs> that block is going to be low. And rigid. Alanga's back. Yeah. Awonyi, Gibbs White, Alanga, Hudson-Odoi. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <sighs> Danilo um, in midfield. But, and this is going to be a long pod today. Um, So some of you guys might enjoy that. Some of you guys might Let's just see. tune into some of the parts. But this team and this game, both these teams really, but this game, it's huge. They need their time. They need their time. Chelsea two. Wolves the table four. Up. Wolves first win at Stamford Bridge in forty five years. That's what Gary O'Neill's doing. He's getting Wolves their first win and away ground that they haven't won at in forty five years. Yeah, I mean it's massive. Chelsea went one new up and Wolves came back, ended up making it four one before Chelsea got a late consolation, but. I mean, who do you want to talk about first here? Because both teams deserve their time for different reasons. Um, I'll start, actually start with Wolves. Okay. Because I think the choice is going to be a longer conversation. Shout out to Gary O'Neill. It's not even just a perform. Sorry, it's not even just the wins. But they're putting in good performances. They have yeah. a game plan of how they can exploit their strengths to get goals and win games yeah. and be a threat. I mean, they lost the game against United, but they still scored three goals. And and Gary O'Neill, obviously we spoke with, when he did the Monday Night Football and the tactical stuff that he said. I saw his interview on, um, I think it was Match of the Day after the game. And he was like, yeah, we took something from the Man United game and looked at those and changed those because in the Man United game, we were too open in certain situations, mm. allowed them too much space in certain situations. And Gary O'Neill is a manager that I'm looking at now and I'm like, this guy has a plan for every, for every single game. game. Yeah. Every single game, he's looking he's at the fine details, almost a bit like what Arteta's done at the weekend. Oh, yeah, the yeah. And the way he's changed things up. And he brought in Jao Gomez. He had Jao Gomez next to Lamina. I think he might have taken, oh, I think Bellegarde played with Neto and Cunha. Um, and he had Cunha picking up the ball deeper, playing in more central positions. I think Gary O'Neill's actually going to these managers and he's actually just he tactically he, bossed. Bunch he was setting traps, man. He was setting yeah. traps, like I say. Yeah. He was setting traps for Enzo, like Chelsea's progressive passes. Um, and I, I agree with you 100%, man. He, he's coming into every game with a game plan of how I can exploit not only them, but ourselves to get our right guys in positions, man. And, and I think... Some Wolves players need their... Sh Pedro Neto, one, he needs his shine. I think that's the other thing that Gary O'Neill has kind of almost... Obviously, he's made these guys better players and you have to maximise them, right? 
And I wouldn't even say even how highly I rated Pedro Neto that Gary O'Neill's made him better. Yeah. And that definitely with Mateus Cunha. But that's almost a bit, a bit of stroke of luck that Gary O'Neill maybe deserves is that he's fallen into a club that with has... counter-attacking demons yeah. in Cunha and Neto. Uh, yo, yo it, it, that's the best way to put it. Cunha and Neto are counter-attacking demons. Like, they can both dribble past two or three people yeah. to set each other up. And or have an end product. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Especially this season. Um, and it, it actually is kind of... Counter-attacking football is always beautiful to watch. But when you're seeing guys like Neto, as you say, who have a game plan when they get the ball on the yeah. counter I was saying earlier off air that Pedro Neto's a guy, it's just, it's automatic. Yeah. When, when he, before he's got, he gets he's got the post-up ball, move. it's premeditated. He knows exactly what he does to Varane in the Man United game. Is, but he knows when I get this ball, I'm going to go straight at Varane and I'm going to pull it to the near post. And, um, and the same thing with Cunha, man. Cunha can pick up the ball on the halfway line. And I said this earlier in the, in the pod, early in the season. Couldn't you could pick up the ball in the half lane and glide? How he wins the penalty? The penalty, exactly. And just exactly. glide past and, people. And Gusto just can't keep up. I can't, and that's, yeah, you know, that's 60, 70 minutes from the clock. Yeah. Like, he's already been running around for an hour. And um, Cunha's turned it around. The coincidence between Cunha turning it around with his finishing and Wolves climbing up the table, leapfrogging Chelsea. You know, like, if you have a guy who can put the ball on the back of the net, who instead of having a good performance but still losing to Chelsea yeah. 1-0 or 2-0 at the bridge you have a good performance and win 4-2 at the bridge in, in, those two points mean all the difference those yeah. two points mean all the difference in the table and you're so far of relegation scraps that this, the rest of the season yeah. I mean the Wolves in recent in the last couple of weeks man they're in dreamland dreamland they beat West Brom obviously other than the Man United game but they still they scored three goals they played pretty well piece of brilliance from Kobe Mainu won that won them the game in that. But yeah, and then they've got them one at Stamford Bridge, a place they haven't won in forty five years. They're tenth um, in the table. They're literally above Chelsea. Yeah, like, yeah. You know And even if they got a point in the Man United game, that would have been the table would have looked even yeah. closer. Yeah. Um, and uh so yeah, nothing but praise for they're that in that they're, I'm gonna speak about it again. They're in that top seven I hope they get Europe. Shouts. I, I really hope they get Europe. It, you know, it would be unthinkable for Wolves to finish up. But the three teams ahead of them now, Newcastle, Brighton, West Ham, and they're only ahead of them by four points. Well, West Ham is ahead of them by four points. Um, it would be unthinkable for, for Wolves to finish ahead of them. And yeah. they have players to come back. They have Hichan Wan to come back. Nuri just come back from from um, from injury and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, See that would be that would be huge for Gary O'Neill, and he would probably move. Like if Gary, uh, he would probably get the uh, what job are we talking about? Anyway, there's many jobs. I don't. Come. I don't think he would. You know, I don't think he should. If he got Wolves into Europe, I but think I, I think he'd quite happily go again. I think I think kind of like Graham Potter, kind of like Frank Lampard, when you're offered these jobs, it's just yeah. But where does he go to? I what's, think what's better for Gary O'Neill? They could get Wolves? rid of Poch. Chelsea. Yo, that is a brilliant segue. That is, that is a brilliant segue. Right? Because, because if Chelsea fans sack Pod and they hear Gary O'Neill's coming in, Chelsea fans will be a meltdown. Gary O'Neill. They went from sacking Lampard. Tell me you can't see Chelsea show. doing that. A young yeah, manager. Chelsea, but Chelsea fans would be living. A young bro. manager to go with the young players. You know Chelsea fans. They Chelsea, Chelsea can't. They want it. Mourinho, bro. Uh, Chelsea can't go for a win now manager. 
Chelsea they want Mourinho. Can't, that is that is every like Chelsea fan oil, saying bring back Mourinho. Oil and water. That is literally oil and water. What Mourinho to deal with twenty one year old Mudrick. <laughs> the dungeon Mudrick would be in. Yeah, I know. it's long. It's long. But they, but but and they should they should accept Gary O'Neill because what he's been doing tidy yo project. Um, but exactly moving on to to Chelsea and big big problems at Chelsea. Can't can't stress this enough. There are major major issues at Chelsea. And before we even talk about their performance in the Wolves game, we didn't have a chance to pod after the midweek fixtures. Well, we have to talk about what up. happened to them at Anfield. Yeah, because <laughs> and me and Michael have already spoken quite a bit about this. But yeah, I have up. seen, and this is I want Chelsea fans to listen to me here. And take me from a point of understanding. Like I feel, I feel your pain right mm, now. Mm. Right. I don't get me wrong. I'm glad it's happening to you lot because this Chelsea downfall. We've said it before. I'll enjoy every minute. Of Sweet. It, right? it, if a could have happened to any team, Chelsea needed this time. Yeah. Because that I'm leaving with sighting at the end of the season. Finished. It's finished. You're I, not going to be that team anymore. I think Chelsea fans are gearing up for winter anyway. Yeah, like a yeah. long period out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the realization is really setting in that this there, is what there, you are there, now. Yeah, there is no excuse. But strictly on that ninety minutes at Anfield, I have seen Arsenal put that exact performance ninety in. minutes into the team. Yeah, they're just missing a record. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. A known goal. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Right. Or, but I would say a screamer. But Connor Bradley made his debut. He's, he's done it. I've seen that performance so many times when Arsenal go to Anfield. And I said this to Michael, and I want to say it again. If you think you're a good team, yeah, the litmus test is always yeah, when that team are. goes to Anfield. And then you'll find out if that team is really... That's why last year, even though we're in the title race, and people want to say that the wheels fell off at Anfield and whatever, go to Anfield and get a point, good result. Yeah, always, always, always good result. Always this year, I was I was buzzing with the point. Then we got Anfield, and I remember when Emery was on like a twenty-two game unbeaten run, mm. and we went to Anfield. And we, I, I believed that's probably the last time I believed we could get anything. <laughs> out of it was about three, four years ago. I thought, yeah, you know, twenty-two games unbeaten, Pepe game, Socrates, <laughs> they're all in the form of their life. I was like, yeah, we can go there and do something. And for me, you know. Ragdoll to red, all slipping, yes, and sliding, yeah, slipping scoring hat tricks, whatever. Anfield's the litmus test for that. And I saw that 90 minutes, Chilwell, bully. I've seen that with Bellerin, that Chilwell, Badia Shield, shit show. I've seen that with Mustafi, yeah, like everything that was going on. The midfield I've man in that, that game, Enzo, Enzo, how can forward players hiding? Do you know what's so funny? It's, it's the back to back fixtures. I thought. Enzo in that Chelsea game, sorry, in that Liverpool game, was so careless on the ball. Like, he would try a 20-yard pass, it goes out of play. His five-yard passes don't make it. He knows he's going to be pressed. Yep. He takes three or four touches. Curtis Jones is already at him. And then on the weekend, I thought Casado was yeah. the exact same. Like, he was so careless on the ball. Every time they pressed him, they got joy. Uh, he had an issue, to be fair. He had an assist, yeah, which you have to give him credit for. But... And when Chelsea went 1-0 up, I did think, okay, cool, they'll, they'll come back, they'll bounce back, they'll win this game. <laughs> <laughs> but I moved that up. Kunia Hattie. Yeah. But I, ju- I just think that... I, th- I think we need to have a serious conversation about for the quality of these Chelsea for, players. For your two £100 million midfielders, 
to have a midweek stinker one and the other one to have a weekend stinker in two huge games. Midweek, you had won three games in a row. Yeah, someone in there should have had some confidence. They all played in those games. Someone in there should have had some confidence and said, you know what, we're a good team. Yeah, I'm going to get on the ball and show you. And then the other game is you need to bounce back. Someone needs to show some experience and some character and say, hey, look, we are a good team. We're better than what we showed midweek. I'm going to get on the ball and show you. And for both your £100 million signings, pretty much in both games, mm. but I thought Enzo was worse in the first game and yeah. Kaseido was worse in the second game, yeah. to stink it up the way they've done. Chelsea officially have 10 losses yeah. in the Premier League. Bottom, uh, bottom half of the table and, now. And as you say, man, that's, that the, <laughs> you know, the, the jig is up yeah. when some of these players you spent huge money on. I said this a couple poor. of weeks ago. I, I don't know if you remember, but I was like, yo, we might just need to have some serious conversation. Yeah, about, the jig is up on some of these players. players. Like, for me, I've been a big Poch guy. Mm, and mm. and I do still believe that Pochettino is a good manager. I don't think you do what he did at Tottenham. Oh, yeah, if he wasn't. If, if you're not. But I can see why Chelsea fans want him out. And I can see that he will probably lose his job yeah, like, fairly soon. Right? Yeah, soonish. But, yeah, look, but look. I don't think that there's another manager that comes in and gets this. I don't think Chelsea will qualify for Europe. This if you sack Pochettino now and you brought in another manager, no. I don't think they'd get into Europe. I, I I don't know if they get into Europe, but I do think, and this is to contradict my the point. The gains would bit, be very marginal. I, I do think that for as poor as these players have been, that there is a player... There isn't there like my point I'm trying to make is Enzo will never be 115 or 105 million pound player. Never. He'll never be that, probably. But there is maybe a 40 million pound player in there, you know, or or a 35 million pound yeah, player in which there. Which is crazy. Which is crazy. Because you've obviously you've been bumped you just but, off like 70% of his price. Tag. Yeah, yeah. But you can get a 40 million pound player performance out of Enzo where he could be spraying it in and around. You can do a James Wood Prowse type of thing. Yeah, for your team. Surely some manager out there, and especially with Casado next to him, who we've seen. I know you only did it for one year, but we've mm. seen him put in decent performances at Brighton. And I actually generally expect a manager, maybe, as I said, you can't recoup the whole fee, but get some system. We're now in February. You can yeah. clearly see Poch doesn't know his best team. Yeah, I mean, it's already been leaked that he, he might go to a five at the back. And... Uh, he, he's moving. He's switched, like, he switched Enzo and Conor Gallagher so many times. In, in terms of who he plays them with, like who he partners Thiago Silva with. He was playing Cucurella at right back yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's been all over the place. And I do think that another manager might not get them to a Champions League or not Champions League European football position, but he might get some solidarity out of those players, some solidarity, some consistency in performance. Because it's not even that Chelsea have massive highs. Like their biggest highs are probably a four four draw with City. Yeah. At home. Yeah. But their lows, man. The the some of the results of Stanford Bridge. They're not to Forest at Stanford Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like they've been beating a lot at home. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot at home. A lot. And and like, I just That's don't think they're calling it Stanford Brothel. I just don't <laughs> I just don't think everyone's you, going there taking what they want. But. I just don't think you can excuse the manager in that because a lot of that is just set set the mm. same team and set the standards in that team and say, yo, we don't lose at home. We're at home. Everybody runs 10 kilometers. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. we're at home. We, you know, we, we do this, we do that, we press, but it it's not that Poch doesn't have a clue. It's just that 
he sees something, they get whacked, and he's like, I'm gonna change this all. I'm gonna rip that whole script up. Yeah. And start again. You see, where where I agree with you is that pot should be doing better. Yeah. hundred percent. The the quality in that squad is not an eleventh place. Team. Exactly. But I think if you you have to give Poch until the end of the season, yeah, to see because Pochettino could end up finishing seventh or eighth, and he might somehow scramble into Europe. Europe I could win place, a cup, right? And he could win a trophy. Exactly. Exactly. So I think you give him until the end of the season. But he has got to do better. But where I, I somewhat, there's no way Pochettino wanted the a lot of the players he's got. He's got, yeah, right. That was poor. Poch, Pochettino wants to press high. We know that. Yeah. If there's one, thing, players that can run. If there's one thing we know about Pochettino's teams is that they press high. His, top, his Tottenham team were the best pressing team in the league before mm. Jurgen Klopp tick came. Like that's one thing he wants to do. And then he's he's got Dizazi or Badia Shield or whoever it is who can't defend wide areas, can't play on the halfway line. Dizazi in wide areas, bro. He he wants an enforcer in mid- midfield, like Victor Wanyama kind of player. Yeah. But they Caicedo's not really that. Caicedo's best position is probably as a number eight. Yeah. We've not seen Lavia play in number six. Exactly, because Lavia's been injured and Kunku's been out. So I think that the sporting directors, director for whoever it is, has let him down there with the recruitment. Mm. But I genuinely think that whoever whatever manager Chelsea look at and say bring him in I they could bring in Mourinho and go backwards they could get worse no Mourinho's not the shot that's that's just that's just I don't think I don't think Poch is the biggest problem at Chelsea he's not the biggest problem at Chelsea um going back to Mourinho is like going back to your toxic ex like it's you that's how Juan describes it yeah it's like going back to your toxic ex like you know it's not a good idea but but like, you, you party wants to do it anyway at 4 a.m drunk it sounds yeah, nice in yeah. the depths of despair you're like when you know the what? chips are down oh this would be a good idea but i've never seen jose do miracles with young a young team jose's yeah, always had yeah, experience yeah. players who are like win now kind that's, of guys. that jose that's not that's not for jose so yeah it's not for jose it's and it's not, not for jose, jose especially now at this age but I, I agree with you. Like I, they should probably hold up for Poch to the end of the season. But the thing is, if a manager is unhappy with the players that he has at his disposal, with the money Chelsea have spent, that is a problem. Yeah, and, Chelsea and can't spend much more money. Like they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're, 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 they're they can't even pushed, sack him. They've pushed it to the limits. Yeah. So the and manager that, has to be happy with the players. That's on Pochettino as well because Pochettino would have known that when he, there's no way. I think any manager says, oh, do I have control over transfer? That agreement is laid out yeah, yeah. before he comes in there. So Pochettino knows that. But if Pochettino's unhappy with his players and the players are unhappy with Pochettino, something's got to give. Mm. Chelsea have to be in a situation where the manager is happy with the players that they have because those are the players that they have for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, those are the players that are locked down in contracts. Mudrick, I think Mudrick is raw, to say the least, mm. to be kind to him. Super, super, super. There was a point on this podcast where you said you see it. I I see like the diamond in the rough. He still has that like electric ability. Even like he took the corner, for example, for Thiago Silva's. Um, Mm. in these situations, is that what we're doing? No, well, in these situations where there's not no pressure on Mudrik, no one's expecting anything. Yeah, he'll he'll show bare minimum, he'll hit hit the ball with decent technique, or he'll show great speed to get past the player. But anytime. Chelsea have any big opportunity and it falls to Mudrick's feet. He, he, not only does he miss, he puts it high and wide every time. Yeah. But for Poch to go forward, 
he has to be patient or willing to be patient with all of this bullshit. If, if Klopp's like, I'm done with Magic, we need somebody else, then Poch has to go. Yeah. Because this is the guy that you have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, easier to change Poch. Yeah, this is the guy that you have. If Poch says like... But I, I can see Mudrick's career going down a very, very similar path to Anthony Martial. Yeah. Oh, easy. I can see that path already. Easy. Um, the one v one on some of these players, especially... With the way they played at Anfield in midweek, we've got to talk about them. Mm. Badia Shield. Actually, I used to have high stocks in Badia Shield. Yeah, I, I used to tell Armand, yeah, I can I can kind of see it. it nice. But then Armand came on the pod and called him a Rolls Royce. <laughs> and that was one step too far. <laughs> because Badia Shield, that fourth goal in the Liverpool game when Luis Diaz just runs off the back of it. Yeah, yeah. He acts like he doesn't know he's there. It's unbelievable. Ben Chilwell. Oh, chill in that Liverpool game. And and this is what I, I really don't get sometimes, yeah, is that Champions League run with Thomas Tuchel. Yeah. James and Chil- Chilwell locked off Mares, locked off all these guys in the Champions League yeah. in that run. He was brilliant. Yeah. But the way that his performances in the last two games, and bear in mind, he's just coming he, back from injury. He must whatever, still be injured, yeah. though. He must still be injured. Shocking. Shocking, absolutely terrible agree with performances you. from Chilwell. Um, and yeah, man, I just I think it's going to be tough because you're looking at okay, selling the academy guys for pure profit and whatever, yeah, trying to sell Brozier for 50 million, <laughs> which is nuts. But Enzo, Mudrick, Casado, all of these guys, they're, they're locked, locked in, they're, they're locked, locked in. in. You have to deal the with Sassy Shield. Um, they're locked in. They're proper locked in, and and that I'll I'll repeat that. Like, you need a manager that looks at those core group of players and is like, I can find a system, mm. I can find the um a structure that can generate points and wins and exciting football. Because there, you, you don't have time for a manager to come in and say, I need you to spend another hundred mil on a, a yeah. right winger yeah. or or a, you and know, especially if Chelsea aren't making Europe and they aren't doing, they're not getting the money. The squad is too to, big as yeah, it stands. Yeah. Like. You know, you can you can't sell the core guys. Who's picking up Mudrick on more than just a loan? Yeah. Who's picking up um paying Mudrick's wages? Enzo on more than just a loan. Casado on more than just a loan. <laughs> it's a dark place to be, man. It's a dark but place to be. there's no excuse for me or for Chelsea fans that I can hear for as a reason as to why they should be eleventh at this stage of the season with the money that they've spent, with the hype that they were speaking with at the beginning of the season and like it made it seem as if it was a one-season blip and, you know, in some ways I bought into it. Like, I didn't think Chelsea were going to have an amazing season, but I didn't think they could have a worse season potentially yeah. than last year. Yeah. And they're in a precarious situation where it could actually generally be worse than last year. And and the one guy who who is stepping up yeah. is the guy that just kind of fell into their lap yeah. on and, deadline day. And, and they Cole just Palmer. decided, not someone that they actually looked at and thought, yeah, we need this guy. But Cole Palmer's doing his thing, man. He still wins, unfortunately, even when Chelsea loses because he's developing as a football player. And if somebody else wants to come and big him, like, um, you know, take him, you're going to get a really good player yeah. out of him. Uh, but... And every- you know, you can, you know Cole Palmer's got it. Yeah, Whatever yeah, manager does. comes in, you know Cole Palmer's going to be in that 11. He's going to be in that team. And to my point versus Liverpool, when I said that some Liverpool players, like, signings were still figuring out, like, Chelsea have... 10 times more question marks over their signings over the last two to three years than Liverpool do. Yeah. Like 10 times larger question marks as well for bigger price tags. And that stuff is unavoidable, man. And um, I, 
I'm fully, 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 fully in on <laughs> on Wolves finishing above Chelsea yeah. and all these teams finishing above Chelsea. I'd love for Chelsea to finish in the bottom half of the table. Well, I I predicted them to finish top four. Yeah, which is looking looking. I did think they would win this game on the weekend, but yeah, it's it's looking sticky, man. But but that cup final is massive. The cup final is huge because if they win the cup final, Chelsea fans will. That will be a hey, real Jackson. Jackson's that, just come back. Do you see the chance? He <laughs> yeah, yeah. That um that will give Pochettino some real kind of sort of credit in the bank yeah. of like, okay, we can be shit, but Chelsea have been shit before, and one but we still win saying. And it will give him so much leeway with the fans. Like, Arteta winning the FA Cup. Exactly. Like, they'll, exactly. they'll be like... If he can win that final, yeah. he'll have till the end of the season, guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. guaranteed. But He's got to get there, though. What can't happen is they can't get slapped the way they did on Wednesday when they went not to Not to teams like... Not, and, and also, you can't be conceding to four to Wolves at home. Yeah. Yeah. No red cards. No four goals to Wolves at home. And I know we've given Wolves a lot of credit, but they're not a team to turn up at your place and put four past you. Yeah, and not Stamford Bridge, man. Stamford Bridge <laughs> meant, is meant to be a big ground on whatever. And yeah, I think and some of the comments Pochettino's coming out with aren't great. Like, Omar, Omar messaged me because he was at the game and he was like, I think Poch was one goal away from a second today. Because <laughs> if that had been 5-2. Five, two, five, two. But he's also said, like, we spoke about Mikel Arteta and how inspiring he can he be, have to be uh, in presses, right? When he talks about Smith Rowe, I've never seen him do his rehab like this before. Yeah, he's a different and player. He's a wonderful player to watch. Yeah. All this oh, perfect game for Kai Havertz and all of that. Pochettino's coming out and he's saying, oh, we lost to Liverpool and we got harassed by the media. Liverpool lost to Arsenal and I'm not seeing the same <laughs> same sort of thing. It's like, Poch, you're at a big club now. But this you're is, not a Tottenham anymore. Yeah. It's these, like a... these kind of things aren't going to fly. I think it, you know, I agree with you that you've got to do better as a manager in the press conference. But I think this is his first time. No, it can't be because he's at PSG. But like, I know I can understand. I feel like what it's like to be spiraling in a like you're losing game after game. All the old points are being brought right back to the table. Yeah, and you're just look you that you know journalists here yeah, will ask you the most disrespectful yeah. question yeah. and just put the put yeah. the mic back in your face. And you're just, you're like, you're scrambling. Yeah, you're, you're yeah just you're, to... not the questions you want to be asked. Yeah, you're just throwing, um, you're throwing like knives out there to try and see what's going to stick. But I, I agree with you that like, from top to bottom, Poch just got to pull it together. But he's, yeah. he's won three games in a row in the Premier League this season. Yeah. And if you can do it again, it changes everything all yeah. over again. So there is that, there is that. But kind of like United, there's no identity in how they play. They call them another big loss. Yeah, but they've already lost 10. And I think if you lose 10 at this point, you still got some big guys to come back around. Yeah, but they can't get slapped. They already held four at Newcastle. Desassi and Baddy and Shield leak goals. Like, and one of them has to partner Thiago Silva. Yeah. Like, but they leak goals. Yeah. Man, it's, yeah. Strap in, Chelsea. Yeah, fans, for real. You're in for a long, long ride here. It's because, bro, it, it ain't Roman anymore. I even okay, yeah, go on. It ain't Roman anymore. But yeah, um, move on to Man United West Ham. I, I even forgot this fixture happened at Old Trafford. Man United putting together back-to-back wins. They won three 0 And having just spoken about Chelsea, one thing I will give Man United credit for is there does always seem to be a flaw 
they, like there always seems to be yeah, a level that we won't go. We're below. shit, but we're not that exactly, shit. exactly. Under Oli, we're not ten. Under LBG, eleven. Under Moyes, like I think Man United, even post Fergie, have qualified for Europe every season. Yeah, the only season they maybe didn't was Moyes in that first one, but I think even then they might have got Europa League. Um, so well, one thing I will give Man United credit for is they they do have that like wish shit. No, but we're not gonna go. Down yeah, to 12, we're not spending two 13, seasons like Chelsea are. Yeah, like we have some level of respect for the fans and the yeah. club that we're not going to allow that to happen. And back to back wins where they are now. Um, for Eric Ten Hag, he has to make top four. He has to make top four. You think? Yeah, he has to. He has to. I don't think he's going to make top four. If he doesn't make top four, the drop off from last season, Man United fans having to play Europa League again next season. After last season, United fans thought they were two years away from winning the league. Yeah, yeah, they did. If they're now playing Europa League football next season, big problem. So Eric Ten Hag has to make Champions League football. I think it would be phenomenal if he did, considering how many games they've lost already. Um, But I don't think that they're a better team than Villa or Tottenham. They're six points off Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, I, I just think... The problem I have with United is still... They and I want to give them credit in this pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think they deserve it because they played well on the weekend. They did, they did. Um, but they still get by by like individual brilliance or miracles. Like the Kobe Maynard goal is individual bi- yeah. brilliance yeah. slash a miracle. Yeah. Because nine times out of ten, like you don't get that chance. You know, but four he, four eighty odd minutes or so. They were the better team. They were the better team. No, I agree. But you know, that's it, it's so weird because that's a game that you should see out. 3-0 or 3-1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it should be no fuss, no messing. Once McTominay scores, it should be done. It should be done. Done. Uh, so the fact that Wolves even get back into it and then you get individual... Like, Ten Hag was... Like, we when that... When that whole goal went in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could, he, must, he must have been seething, like... Yeah. Just like, you know, how shit am I? How shit we are? So, I, I say that to say, I still find it incredible that they're in this position where they are six points off fourth or fifth. Um, but that's the reason why I don't think they'll get top four. Is Tottenham, for whatever we've said about them in this pod or in pods gone by, there is a brand of football, there is a yeah. style of play, there yeah, is there a is, system. Richarlison's benefiting from it. There's other players that are going to be benefiting from it just because there is a system and a style of play. At, at this Same moment, thing with Villa. The, the only reason I might say Man United will get there is because when those last 10 games come quality and you really need to start winning that Tottenham have a very young team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of those players haven't been in the situation before like guys like Udogi, even Pedro Porro and those kind of guys. Yeah. Yeah. You really need to now like, what? like we've seen, like I, I said this earlier, the top four races we've seen, it's just, it's almost just about giving it up to the next person because the team start losing. I feel like that might be where Man United with the play Bruno. Rashford, yeah. I was, was going to say, Casemiro might start people like people. Well, and I called it. Do you remember I called it with Rashford saying that he's going to score? You did, and you deserve your praise for that. Yeah, I see. Like, you get an MVP for me. For uh, see how it comes. No, I, I called it because you did say. And and what? But can we firstly say what a bitch move from Eric Ten Hag to, to put him? I thought at least wait till West Ham starting. Do you know what Didn't they did? Leave on the pitch? You, you know, do you know the move they made. They was like they they deliberately released the amount of money they were finding him. Yeah, they were like, we're gonna find him six hundred k. Everybody's like, serious six hundred k for after just two weeks' wages. Yeah, that's just a, it's just a regular fine. That was one night out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was his trip to Belfast. 
he, he, turned, he literally called a sickie onto work, got caught out for it, gets fined two weeks' wages. Because he saw new, because even Gary Neville, we've said it on this podcast, and then Gary Neville, I saw Gary Neville say it afterwards. He was like, Rashford probably for oh, it's Newport on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Anyway, I I, oh, you I called it. You said Rashford would come back. I court. called it, and I think it's a bitch move from Ten Hag. But at the same time, I don't because Ten Hag has put himself in situations where he has to make bitch moves. Yeah. Like he can't not have Rashford on side, and in the dressing room and scoring. And the and, goal, the and goal, the goal itself. itself is is the type of quality that um, you know Rashford possesses in the squad. In the first five minutes, all the, all the headlines Rio before the game. Rashford has to play well today. We have to see Rashford. And it sets the tone as well. You talk about Martinelli setting the tone. It sets the tone for these other players. And I think the same thing from Bruno Fernandes moving forward. I know he's had a stinker in a poor season. But to your point, for these running games, he's going to get goals and assists. Exactly, exactly. Bruno's going to turn up. And And, you're going to wonder how United are going to get there. We'll see, because James Madison has a bit of a history, any Leicester fans will know this, of not not really turning up when when you need him to. Yeah. Um, When it comes to crunch time, but I was also going to say, I, w- I want to... Uh, Garnacho, wanna, brace. I want to praise Garnacho and Hoyland. Yeah. Good goal I've, from Hoyland. I've, uh, I've I've had my say about Hoyland on this pod. Yeah. For the, for the past couple of games. But I hope people realise when, when we make these comments about players, especially for me and Matt, it's never a personal... Yeah, thing. yeah. No, it's never a personal. Like, but I think the, fans, the, football fans... Yeah, the thing about Hoyland, for, for some football fans, it is a personal Yeah, yeah. Thing. I'll tell you when it's personal. You're yeah, you hearing yeah, my yeah. voice. Yeah, where, the Who's, Van Dijk. Yeah. yeah that, that's a personal thing. The Malassia. <laughs> if you haven't seen the top 10 worst Man United fans, <laughs> just check that out. But with Hoyland... Our point was always, always just come on, bro. Yeah, do score, a bit more. Score your own goal. That's, and that's, that's what I'm what, saying. That's and what that's what exactly what he did. He made something out of nothing. The guys were saying service, this and that. Sometimes be a player and put it in the back of the net. Like, you're a £72 million striker. They've said that you're next up and you're the solution. You're the problem solver. Um, show us something. The thing about Nunes, and not to do the comparison thing, but like, Nunes can be poor and miss chances, but he's involved in the game. Like, he's active he's in the match. Yeah. And I was just not seeing that as much from Hoyland. But in the last week, in the last couple of games, he's really stepped up goals and assist-wise. And he's getting on the end of things and he looks like he's hit a purple patch. Um, and fair play to Ten Hag for sticking with him. Yeah, I guess he had no choice, but he stuck with him. He's getting the goods now. Um, he's stuck with Garnacho a lot this season. He's getting Big up Garnacho. Yeah, man. he's getting the goods now. I had him um, as like my under-21 player of the season, potentially, at, if it wasn't Cole Palmer. And yeah, for him to score a brace in that game. And to be fair to United, just in general as a football club, they've stuck through a lot of shit mm. this season. From us, from every media outlet, everybody loves to shit on United's pro when it's poor. But as you said, the fact that they're actually not out of a European and even a potential top four race. Yeah. They is, could, I think they could, they, it, they could very easily and get we, top four. Like, the way we would be speaking on United's name, yeah. you would think that they're in Chelsea's position. I remember when, they, when they lost at home to Brighton. Oh, yeah. Bournemouth. Do you remember when they, they lost yeah, the Wobble 3-0? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 Like, you know, you would think that they're in Chelsea's position, the way people speak about them. Yeah. And yeah. we've done a lot on Chelsea. That's why I made the point. Like, you, in some way, and, and my United fans will look at that and say, yeah, but that's a backhanded compliment. And that's because, obviously, but, but I genuinely do mean that. Like for because even Arsenal we've dropped to eight yeah, and two yeah. seasons out of Europe for Man United there does always seem to be that like like the Wolves game right yeah. if Wolves had won that they would have leapfrogged them at the time Man United would have gone down to tenth yeah. and somehow some way Kobe Mainu with a little bit of brilliance and they win that game they do have that floor of like okay we're not gonna go below this and and the crazy thing about United as well is they've they've got like glaring issues 
Yeah. Like centre back is a glaring issue. Midfield is a glaring issue. But you know what's not a glaring issue? Because I think this guy's been their player of the season this year. Talk. Diogo Dallo. You think? I mean, he's been man. Did you see the block on Jero Bowen? No, Dallo's Dallo's been he's been good. I think in possession, Dallo's solid when he comes into midfield. I just can't forgive Dallo for those lapses and like like the Galatasaray. Game. Those, yeah, I was thinking yeah, he's had. The, but I think for the most part of this season, bro, they went to Anfield. He's been good. He came to the Emirates and we spoke about how he did a job against Saka. I can't tell you who's been back. United's player of the season, but I think I think Diego Dallo's one that like. He's definitely a guy that Man United can keep at right back for the future because I think it, defensively he's getting better. One beat one, he does all right. He's good in possession. You don't think Dallas should do the left back thing? I mean, he's he's played there. He can play on both sides. That's that's helpful. I think they're always going to need. I like Dallo. I've I've always kind of thought, yeah, Dallo like there's a player there. Yeah, I hear I hear that. I think if you ask United fans, they'll, they'll say Wan Bissaka has been better this season. Like I, I always hear United fans oh, talk Wamba about Saka has barely played this season. I always, I always hear my United fans talk about Dalo versus Wamba Saka, and they always say, oh. "Wamba Saka is not a better right back than Dalo." There's no way. There's I don't think no he way. is a better right back than Dalo, but I think obviously he wins those duels, yeah. and in those bigger yeah. games, he has the bigger game, yeah, and um, yeah. that sticks out more. So I, I'm not mad at Dalo. I just think the lapses of concentration always stick out for me, and it's, it's I can't even tell you who's United's player of the season. It's actually so tough. Yeah, to call. it's been, it's been. That's been bare bones, and somehow they're, they're, they're you know they're sick. Yeah, yeah. And they got a big game at Villa this weekend. Um, at Villa, they go to Villa Park, which that's that's that that's yeah, that's going to be huge. Um, because yeah, I mean they could get three points closer to Villa. Villa could go further away from them. Big implication, but for one team who every season they have multiple players who could be their player of the season. They played last night, Brentford versus Man City. Mm. Um. And even though Brentford took the lead and Mopey scored, Man City just, it just looks too easy. They look imperious, man. It looks too easy. Phil Foden with a hat-trick, um, stepping up in uh, the number 10 position. Yeah. All three goals coming from a number 10 position. Well, look, he, he said in the interview that he prefers to play on the inside. Yeah. He has more joy there. And and to be fair, Foden's been class, man. Eight goals, seven assists. And that third goal, when he gets the layoff from Haaland and yeah. three players and he goes They burst into the space. He shows it all. Foden's been, um, Foden's been class, man. Um, he's a, you know, I actually think he probably gets a bit too much disrespect. I think people throw his names into conversations just because, like, I, you know, like, you can't, you know, it, it's, it is kind of fun to shit on him because he's England's, like, they rap, like, they gift wrapped yeah. Foden from the time he was 16, 17. They gift wrapped him and they, they said he's going to be next up. So sometimes it's, they it's laid fun. laid out to, the yellow brick road. Yeah, they yeah. they laid out the yellow brick road for him. So sometimes it's fun to shit on that guy. But he's been, he's been instrumental in all the, the title wins. Um, and now, as he's going to be finding sort of a new era coming on the inside, I believe once Bernardo Silva and guys start leaving. Uh, he's just showing that he has the absolute quality. Yeah. Like he can, like I mean, a hat trick at Brentford. Foden's close control is ridiculous. It's like some of the some of the positions he gets the ball in, and some of the ways he wriggles out of these positions. Yeah. Like Roger will give it to him double mark, like double yeah, mark, yeah, yeah. and it will ask him to turn into space. And you can almost give Foden any type of part. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, again, another hat trick in the Premier League. He got one against Manchester United. I think um, he's going to be a guy who, when, like, he's going to have these waves where he's really good and then waves where he's just a, a decent, good player. 
And then when it's all said and done in five years' time and you look at all of everything he's done and the goals and the assists that he scored and his, and his catalogue, they were like, oh, damn. Yeah. All right. I see, you know, he's a, the bigger picture is there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and you watch this game, as right? Yeah. Rodri. Yeah. But I knew as soon as it kicked off and I saw, I was seeing the lights and it was like eight o'clock, I was like, yeah, Rodri's just going to put like... The- still yeah and we speak about Rodri a lot on this podcast and we sing his praise and whatever, but still some of the positions they give yeah. Rodri the ball in it's, it's just so no other midfielder in the league could take the ball in that area I think the only way to describe it his his knowledge is like cerebral like yeah he actually must have eyes at the back of his head bro there was one point where Edison had the ball centre backs had split Rodri comes in two men on his back covering both sides there's one pass Rodri can play to I think it's Ake who's kind of marked by a forward so it has to be the perfect pass and Rodri off his left foot just clips it he's not even because Edison delays so Rodri kind of thinks oh he's not giving it to me <laughs> then he gives it to Rodri and he plays this perfect pass out to Ake and yeah. then they're out and, and that's some, that sums him up is the precision at the highest moments with all the pressure on him is laser focused and he does it so was so effortlessly mm. that you think is it's a non highlight, yeah. but it's nothing special. Yeah. But like Oh Rodri's just played a backwards pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh and I think yeah, the, I think the thing about City somebody's always gonna be the hero, man. It was Foden yesterday, mm. but it's gonna be somebody could've else. Been Alvarez, yeah. Been, yeah. Doku will come back and do his thing. But one guy who it's not looking good for. I don't even think he got on the pitch on the weekend, maybe. Or maybe for just a couple of minutes, Jack Grealish. Yeah, and he's fully fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's been on the bench. This Oscar, is Oscar, be Os- thing- Oscar Bob's been getting minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's got to be a thing between uh, him and Pep. I mean, we haven't even spoken about Calvin Phillips leaving. And uh, oh yeah, and Calvin Phillips. Well, he'll get a rookie of the week from me because he had two fuck ups. One. She the pass against Bournemouth. Yeah, that laid it on a plate for Solanke, and he got robbed on the weekend. He didn't learn his lesson. Got robbed at Old Trafford for the third goal. I put that down to rust. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, but um, yeah, there's always yeah, gonna man, be a hero. City, City just they win their game in hand now. They're top of the table. Yeah, yeah, and, and they it'll probably be tough to take them off it. I mean, they got Everton on the weekend. I think they've won the last seven or eight in all competitions. KDV. As well, again, that ball for Foden. Yeah, picked up the assist. I mean, he's not le- he's not leaving without a goal or assist in every game. To it's it's just season. it's too like automatic. Yeah, when, when City get on that pitch and they cross the white line, Foden's like five eight. Yeah, and the ref blows the whistle for the start of the game. Rodri's here. Diaz is there, five yard passes, keeping it, get working their way into the game. Walker makes a run, yeah. clipping. It's it's just so automatic for them. Yeah. No, no matter where they go, what stadium they play at, it's just Foden's five eight in between Pinnock and Ben Me. Yeah, KDB picks him well, up with Pe- when he starts five yards of space. Rodri, KDB, Foden, Bernardo Silva, Alvarez, and Haaland. Yeah. Yeah. He played all six of them away <laughs> at Brentford. And after the game, oh Pep went, oh we had to we knew oh they sit low. <laughs> they said they have they play low, low block, low block, no space. We need guys in the pockets who are tight, can keep the ball. So he put Bernardo Silva, Alvarez, and Foden on the pitch with KDB playing deeper. Yeah, it's just oh it's nuts, man. It's nuts. What that team is doing. And we we should mention this off air briefly, man. They might win the league this year, and people might go, "Oh, four years in a row, 
oh, next year, they're not going to, they will come back. And <laughs> they can probably win it again. They will next come back year. and do exactly the same yeah. shit again. Yeah. Yeah. No, unless, hey, fingers crossed, we should all be, we should all start like some sort of seance. One of these games, they're going to have to drop points to a team that we don't expect. Hopefully, hopefully. Man. Like Nottingham Forest or someone's going to have to like... Because the thing is, for title rival, Arsenal fans, Liverpool fans, you look at that Brentford away fixture. And you think, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a tough game. O'clock. I already told you, I'm looking at the one where Liverpool go there next weekend. Yeah. Um, and you look at that and you think, yeah, Ivan Tony, Neil Mopé, they go one And Mopé will put some one nil up. Exactly, exactly. But City just... The way to get... It's just a, it's just a matter of time. It, it literally, before. literally. It's it, just a matter of time. Yeah. And that's... Look, man, we hate it. And we hate it because we're Arsenal fans and we want to win the league and whatever. But Pep, man. Pep. Pep Res- proper just, respect. He's relentless. Really He's do, actually man. relentless. Nothing you can really do. Uh, but we'll move it on um, to AFCON quickly. Yeah. Before we do MVPs and Rookies of the Week. Been a crazy AFCON. Uh, semi-finals are tomorrow. Ivory Coast, who are back to the start of the tournament. The host nation. Still in their crazy storyline. For those who don't know, they finished third in their group. Didn't know if they'd be going through or not. Mm. Sacked their manager. Found out mm. at the end of the group stage that they're they can't going go through. through. Brought in someone else. And now they're, they're in the semi-finals. They gave so many last-minute goals. The, I mean, to 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 be sort of a supporter of Ivory Coast or any of these African nations for the past, like, four or five weeks, like, the games are so last-ditch. Like, they, they come down to the last moment in the match. That Ivory Coast winner is like a deflected shot. Well, well, it's an improvised shot from um, a shot from outside the box and it comes in the 120th. I, I, sw- I switched on fully thinking it's going to penalties. Yeah. And then the scenes in the... Like, at the end of the game... Down to 10 men for like You know, the game hour. had gone on for so long that Sky had already had the next program lined up. Yeah. The final image is the ref blowing it at full time. And all the Ivory Coast players on their knees in the centre yeah. circle, cheering as if that they already won the final. Um, but I love it. I think Afcon has been brilliant this year, man. And the, the Guinea line. players on and up destroyed the referee. Yeah, and the Guinea players the were moving to the ref. Oh, I, you know, the ref had to push one of them. Yeah. The ref had to push yeah. one of them back, yeah. man. Um, but yeah, Afcon this year I think has been brilliant, man. The storylines have been incredible. Um, some of the some of the players actually, I, I really think some of the players uh, have. Or if they're not playing for the top five leagues, you know, should be getting somebody's chance. Yeah. Whereas I hope yeah. scouts are looking into them. And I think um, the semi-finals have been set up in a way that it's it's gonna be there's huge narratives to come out. You know, Nigeria, South Africa, yep. uh, Congo, Ivory Coast, yep. huge, 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 huge implications to come out of these games. And I think there's gonna be storylines. I mean, in the other the other quarterfinal, the South African keeper saving four penalties. Yeah, yeah. In a MVP penalty shootout. for him. For real, I was, I was literally. He saved the first three penalties in the shootout. They yeah. all went the same way. He got down to every single one of them. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, and I saw something that was like, um, I think the the round of sixteen teams, um, yeah, for maybe the, the quarter finalists were completely different, different were all different from the, team. from the quarter finalists the lot at the last Afcon. Yeah, um, all the and that's what you want in a tournament. One hundred percent. You want those though. You want things to be unpredictable. Cape Verde, man. Th- exactly. I heard exactly. them say there's one hundred South Africans for every one Cape Verdean. Yeah, and they, they their team was balling. <laughs> their team was playing some nice stuff. They had some nice technical players. Yo, 
Yeah, no, I think I think Afghan's been brilliant. I I think. Uh, well, yeah, by the next time we pod, it will be over. It will be over. It will be over. I think Nigeria are gonna I'm win. I'm gonna it. stick with Ivory Coast. I think Nigeria are gonna I'll win. I back them at the start, and I'm gonna stick with them. Unfortunately, I think Nigeria are gonna win. You don't want Nigeria to win. I don't want Nigeria to win just because of how boisterous and loud they're gonna be about winning Afghan. I would love the host nation to win it. Yeah. Um. But I, I, maybe I should. Have some it could of, be an Ivory Coast Nigeria final. Yeah, I should probably have some allegiance to Congo. They're kind of East Africa. Yeah. But uh, I think Nigeria will win it for the defense. And I think, as I said, Oshiman's going to score in the semi-final and final. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a bold. That's a hot take. That's he's a gonna, big pretty. He's going to turn Oshiman hasn't. I don't know. You said he hasn't scored yet, right? I, I just like, he scored one. Or he hasn't oh, he scored, scored one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, a couple of people are saying that. Yeah. Now is the time for Oshiman to turn up, and we'll see. Yeah, I we'll think see. he'll do it. I don't know too. I haven't seen too much of Austin Mendes in Serie A, so I don't know if he's going to be that guy to turn up. But Afcon, if, he, if he turns Af- up and wins Afcon for, for Nigeria, he's down in folklore. He's down yeah, in he is down in folklore. But Afcon is—it's not the litmus test to see how good a player is. It's just like how much does he want it and how much can he get done. Yeah, no, but but for a goal scorer, yeah. Um, but some of the like goals, if he wraps on in the top bins, some of the goals scored in this Afcon yeah, cannot be replicated. <laughs> right, it's cannot good. be replicated. Um, and yeah, and on that, I'll shout out um, Jordan as well, who beat South, South Korea. Yeah, yeah, today. yeah. So they're in the final. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's been upsets in that one as well. But yeah, we'll move on. MVPs and rookies of the week. One MVP um, that I will get start with because we might have a bit of a conversation about him. Gail Clichy. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was really good at Sky. In a time where, um, if you listen to like the intros that me and Michael do and all like pre-bits before we get into the podcast. We spoke about Nader Monua yeah. when he went on Filthy Fellas and saying about the level of punditry. And um, part of the reason, I guess, why we started this pod was because sometimes when you watch Sky, especially when Arsenal have a big result like they've had on the weekend, you don't get the analysis that you what want you're to looking get. For. Um, especially as an Arsenal fan, because there's never usually an Arsenal rep on that panel. Mm. You've got mm. Man United reps, you've got Liverpool reps, you've got Chelsea reps, even like Hasselbank and them. Um, and yeah, if you want your Arsenal content, then you can come here. Um, I tweeted after the game, I was like, you won't hear any of the mainstream medias talk about Kai Havertz's performance, but tune in for the Tiki Taka podcast. He'll be there. We'll give him his time. But yeah, Gail Clichy was one who was doing exactly what Anua said and said that like, we need more players who are giving proper analysis of the game. Yeah. And Gail Clichy, who's won Premier League, played under Arsene Wenger, played under big managers, said before the game what Jorginho was going to bring, why he was in the team, explained it tactically. And Jorginho did exactly that in the game. A lot. Um, and yeah, I, I think credit to Gail Clichy, man, definitely gets an MVP. Definitely, definitely Gail gets an MVP. I think he held his own, man. I think he was kind of showing those boys up, to be honest with you. Yeah. With his understanding yeah. of the game, some of the points that he was making. Uh, and I think you made the point. It was last night week. and day between the stuff he was saying. Exactly. And the stuff I think you made the point saying. last week that Sky can benefit from just having uh, a younger member who's been in football, a player who's played between 2010 and uh, or, you know even maybe 2015 and 2020, um, who can actually break down what a lot of these new managers are saying, what a lot of these new players are feeling, because we know Roy's opinion, we know Jamie's opinion. Yeah. J- Jamie said. That in his day, he was never going 1v1. Yeah. And that was happening constantly in that Arsenal-Liverpool game. Yeah. And Gail Clichy was able to provide insight about that. And I, yeah, so 100% he gets an MVP from me. Um, another MVP I wanted to speak about, obviously, Mikel, yeah. Martinelli. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give one to Jakub Kirill. Yeah. I mean, he did a job. Because to come in, biggest game of the season. Yeah. Hot atmosphere. He came on at 1-1. We hadn't scored yet. 
Um, and he's on that wing. He's up against killers. One mistake could cost yeah. us. And he completely locked it down. Um, and and he would take a lot of confidence. Yeah, from I think those minutes for him are yeah. invaluable. Because let's say later on down the line, we've got a game at home to Newcastle. Yeah. Or whoever, or away at West Ham or whoever it might be. And Jakob Kirill needs to come on and do a 30, 40 minute stint. He's got those minutes that he can take this from the Liverpool game. And like, no. say, yeah, I really did my job here. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, agreed. I think South Africa keep off for the full penalty yep. saves. Yep. Got to be said. Ivory Coast, just for being resilient, yeah. having a man down. New manager bounce. New manager bounce mid-tournament. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give one to Danny Murphy. Because I don't know if you saw our match. Or match of the day. And for on a weekend where a lot of pundits gave us shit analysis, yeah, yeah, nothing about what actually happened in the no insight, game. no insight other than if you watch MNF for about 10 15 minutes, yeah. Danny Murphy on match of the day two stood there or sat there and said, I was wrong, I was wrong about Arsenal, yeah. I thought Liverpool would come here, I thought they'd be the better team, better forward players, exactly, yeah. And he's ex Liverpool, but he stood there on match of the day and he said, I was wrong, and Arsenal were absolutely brilliant today. Well, that's and big. It's rare you get that, so I'll give Danny Murphy an MVP. Um, as for rookies of the week, Virgil van Disney Dyke, <laughs> go for it. I like has the floor is be. yours. Has to be schoolboy errors from a man who's won it all in the biggest game in of the, the season. biggest game of the season to really put a gauntlet down and say, "Yo, we're back. We're title challengers." He didn't do it's it for two, It's a two horse race. Allison, I think, has got to get a, a rookie of the the week as well because Van Dijk yeah, shouldn't let the ball bounce, but I don't know what Allison is doing coming for that mm. ball. Even if the ball did bounce. And Martinelli did shove Virgil van Dijk. It's only a problem because Allison is already out of goal. Like, if Allison's yeah. back in his goal, you know, Martinelli shoves VVD and it's whatever. V, you know, VVD still gets the ball. So, both of them are going to get rookies of the week from me. Poch. Yep. Oh, Gary Neal's probably got to get an MVP. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, first win at Stanford Bridge in 45 years, yeah. Poch, rookie... Three wins in a row, completely all the good work undone by two losses in a row. All Big the losses. good, all the good feel factor that came into the club, gone. Now it feels like you're starting from zero again. Um, I think you definitely get a rookie of the week for that. Ben Chilwell, yeah, Ben Chilwell. Chilly too cold. You're not too cold, bro. You're, you're dead. Yeah. Chilly too cold. Yeah, chilly too cold, man. That's all I ever hear on the timeline. Chilly too cold. Chilly too cold. Nah, he's warm. I <laughs> am he got hotted up, man. Jota had him on streaks. That's an abysmal performance from my left back. Uh, I, I, please, God, let Arsenal let those days be gone. We with, to, with Arsenal fullbacks playing like that, I'm because yeah, he got mugged. Can't wait for Chelsea to come around on the camera. And I'm not leaving him there. Badia Shield, you're yeah. with him. You're yeah. with him. Chuckle Brothers, right? Badia Shield, awful, awful. Jota, what did Matisse say? Jota went through him like a ghost. Hey, we didn't even do the whole. Jota Trossard. I was so happy for Trossard's narrative. You know how they say Trossard's mm-hmm. are Jota. Trossard's been here bagging. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even mention that actually. Brilliant. It was brilliant from Trossard. Yeah. He can get an MVP. He can get an MVP. Coming MVP. off the bench, making the impact he needs to make. But no, Badia Shield, you're getting one as well. Awful defending midweek. Horrible. <laughs> and you're getting one because I'm on called your Rolls Royce on this pod. <laughs> Disrespecting. Uh, I, I, I might go back to that episode and clip that up and put that out on the Disres- this week. Disrespecting the, the, um, the phrase. Exactly, exactly. I don't know what Badia Shield is. He's probably like, 
a fear, fear, <laughs> fear 500 or whatever it is. But yeah, awful performances from you lot. That's too um, funny. But yeah, other than that, I think that might be it. I think that might be it, week. man. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. I enjoyed. It was good to be back for the Premier it's League good. round. It was good up. to get this vent Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we had a long episode today. Spoke a lot about Arsenal, but it was needed, man. Mikel Arteta, the man ways. on the wall. We're there, man. We're there. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll see what happens come the end of the season. Oh. But after the biggest week, we got the points. That man right there on the desk, Gabriel Martinelli, turned up when it mattered most. And what more can I say? I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Subscribe if you're watching. Follow us on Spotify. We appreciate all the support. Um, and yeah, we're on the home stretch now. We're on the home stretch. It's the back nine. The run is kicking in. All of those weeks where you, you've been tuning in and you've been hearing me and Michael say, if this happens in March, yeah, yeah. if this happens... Where, where then, we want to be, man. I said within five points yeah. at all times. But now, the games, this is the running now. Gary Neville described it perfectly on Sky. He said, it's the last lap of the race and Arsenal just got themselves on the shoulder. <laughs> right. If we go to that West Ham and we lose... Yeah, no, West Ham is everything. Be here. Be here. But thank you guys for listening. Appreciate all the support as always. And peace. One love.